was your question for me, Miguel? Or for us? If you heard, if you heard, uh, uh, if there was a, a phrase that you heard most often from the people around you in your work or personal life, what would it be? That, that's annoying, or just a phrase that you hear a lot. It's not something like what "the hell's wrong with you," not like that, or "you're such an asshole." Nothing like that. Oh, Morgan might get that one. <laughs> <laughs> I think. Well, it's really not a phrase; it's just two words. Fuck you. Yeah, I hear that a lot in life. Uh, shut up. That's so subjective, and it's so conditioned based on the people who've been around me the last exactly X amount of years. Like you guys have never really told me. Sh- you said shut up jokingly, but if I, it, well, maybe seriously, it sometimes too. Um, I'll say it like variations if, of it. This generation, I'll say shut up if it's like uh, something that I'm. I want to let you know I don't believe. Like that's yeah. crazy that happened. Shut I'll up. Say, oh, shut up. Yeah, really yeah. jokingly. Yeah, and I, I probably like responded to quickly. It's probably not shut up. It's probably something more intricate. Like you think you're always right. <laughs> I get that from my mom. I get that from. My ex-wife, I get it from, you know, I get, strangely, I get it from women in my life. Yeah. I get, I don't want to hear it quite a bit. From yeah, women. yeah, I get that too. Yeah. Well, okay. from everyone. There's a commonality. Don't want to hear it. <laughs> That's usually when I'm telling them that I was right and they were wrong. <laughs> the people we love have, don't ask, we know and love have catchphrases, don't they? Unintentionally. Yeah. Like in sitcoms, they have catchphrases, but in real life, we know people that do and they don't even know it. No. And if you let them know, it just pisses them off even more. Mm-hmm. In sitcoms, it's funny. Yeah. <laughs> like, they can laugh at it from the seat of their couch, but as soon as you're like, hey, you do that too. Yeah. Oh, Want to bite your head off. <laughs> I'm just trying to turn this into a comedy. Why the drama? <laughs> My girls is, uh, whenever it's anyone, man, woman, or non-binary, whoever, if somebody's, like, talking <laughs> shit to her, she goes, bitch. I, Maggie loves I've saying heard, I've bitch. I've heard that one a couple of I times. I like that word quite a bit. It's stretched out. It's not bitch. It's bitch. She loves stretching that out. It's a, it's an ugly word. No, I mean when you're talking trash to your friends, I oh, hear sure. quite a bit. Yeah, yeah, I have heard you utter that a couple of times when that ping pong ball hits the corner of the table. <laughs> yeah, bitch. Yeah, throw some adjectives in front of it like dusty bitch. <laughs> <laughs> you dusty bitch. I get them all out while driving because yeah, driving's still one of my. Yeah, not crazy about doing. It's things. funny. That's the only time that I see you not in. You're you're probably one of the more zen people I've ever known in my I'm entire life. I'm getting there with driving, Miguel. But yeah, you lose patience as you get older. Uh, but really I've seen you lose patience when driving. I've been in the car with you when we're going to Best Buy and other places. And you're uh, like this freaking damn probably because yeah, there's no cursing involved. Whatever. Right? <laughs> <laughs> that's probably because we had an itinerary. We had a goal in mind, and yeah. that's when I get frustrated is when – because I don't plan a lot. But when I do plan, if something interferes with it, yeah. then I'm like, oh, my God. The one time I go to plan something, and there's an accident on 35, and all the lanes are shut down. <laughs> I'm or like, come on. Give me a break. Or some old bag is driving 20 some on 75. dusty bag. See, I'll add, <laughs> I'll add <laughs> dusty I like dusty. <laughs> I do like dusty. I like that. Yeah. Um, no, I was, I was thinking about, because like we spend so little time with one another that you guys don't really know, like yeah. we don't know each other's intricacies in and out. And, um, I After mean, after years that we pick them up though, you do, but nobody ever really, not even the person you choose to, uh, marry or your kids or your parents, nobody really spends all day with you. You do. 
you, I mean, obviously you spend all day with yourself. Um, but there's moments where I am sitting back and I'm thinking like, um, Morgan said this, so I can say it. I'm a pretty cool guy. I'm, <laughs> I'm pretty chill most of the day, but there's something about traffic and cats. There's something about cats too. Um, it's funny. Why do you like my cats? Cause they're bigger jerks than yours are. Here's a prime example of they're um, your cats. Yeah. I don't have to interact with them all day. <laughs> It's analogous to whenever you're uh, babysitting someone's kids, you get to have the cute, you know, fun time. They're real adorable for like an hour or two, but then you can give them back. Yeah. Yeah. You're not there whenever they knock over my movies and they're just complete yeah. dicks. You know? Yeah. Yeah. My cats are dicks. <laughs> I don't Complete see that. that. Um, no, you don't. No, but if I spent all day with them for <laughs> a month, perhaps I would. It's quite interesting. But no, I was thinking about the cat thing and there are a couple of things that I still get. I wouldn't say angry, but that can kind of, uh, I could feel my temperature rise and I can sort of feel my mood shift a little bit. Traffic is one of them, but it's, it's tackled much quicker. Cats are another, but they're in a different way. So every time I get up off the couch, if there's a cat around me, the cat will think that I'm like getting up off the couch for them and for something involving them. And there's, there's a tiny, like, psychology there that i disagree with because i'm not crazy about arrogance or uh vainness uh, and really <laughs> okay i'm not morgan okay, okay. <laughs> what does that mean nothing captain arrogance i'm not captain arrogant okay I'm, I'm really not but if i behave like a cat oh my god tell me please because i get up off the couch they follow me around as if the my every next move is is something that I'm going to be doing for them. And it's not. Sometimes it's just... Or they're dependent on you. So, you know, they they want to know, hey, is this human going to get me something? As soon as they, you get up, that's their instinct. Okay. It's kind of like whatever Maggie... Maybe they're just trying to be social. Mm. <laughs> hey, it's, what's it's up? Even, but it's usually followed by a sequence of meows and, like, Bro, almost cries you for you. ain't got shit. No, I know. You got it. Meow department. You got it. You got it. I bet if I'm bad. home working... There's not 30 minutes that goes by without some cat meowing at me. How many cats uh, you got at your house still? I got six. You got six? Man. Man, two's enough. Yeah, two Jeez. is enough. But trust me, these are the last six cats I'll ever own. <laughs> Jokes aside, I, I've grown fonder of cats, but they do. There's something there that bothers me. You have dogs growing up? Yes. I was a dog guy yeah. for, and a dog kid for the longest time. So we went through, you know, two, three, four animals, been through all the hardships of losing animals and all that. And then met my ex-wife here and she was a cat person. And so that kind of just came with the territory at the time. <laughs> Maybe that's part of it too. Is that I'm like, hey, do I really have to deal with these things still? <laughs> and I do. Yeah, I do. When you get your own place, if and when, are you going to have any, any pets, no if dogs? And when. If and when. So how about that. both? Huh? How about how about if will be like very soon and when will be very soon as well? Tell me when you get your own place because then I can help you move. I'll be celebrating and we'll get you a dog. We're, we're trying to turn this co-parenting thing on its head. Make it something that hasn't been approached yet because we feel as if we get past the small amount of tension that we have with one another that's been dwindling over the course of weeks and months that uh, we can really take a shot at something that uh, is not unique, but good for everyone involved to the point where 
it can kind of uh, strangely keep the family unit intact without certain in- intricacies of it, like a romantic relationship between the father and the mother, of course. That's ambitious, and that's it important. Is. You know, the gener- it's interesting. It's not like that. I think there's a generational thing that's ambitious about that because you watch even movies like what was that with Scarlett Joe and freaking what's his name? Oh, the marriage or marriage the, story? Marriage story. That's it. The movie ended because even though they're both kind of jerks, they're still both intelligent people. The movie ended with them being pretty civil and wanting to be good parents to their kids. Yeah, I think that's a generational thing. I think that millennials put uh, more of an emphasis on wanting to be civil for the sake of not screwing up your kids yeah. i think a lot of us um especially generation xers you know they talked about when their mom and dad broke up it was just chaos it, it broke them fighting oh, and yeah they had to grow up around that shit with mom and dad just, just fighting left and right and they don't know what was worse when they were married or when they were divorced i think our generation has a different approach to that we're like we don't want our kids to see the shit we saw yeah um coming from divorced homes and so we we Look at things with nuance that we want to raise our kids right, even if we're not going to be with the person who gave birth to them. Yeah, even if the set of circumstances is outside of your control and you yeah. can't like have it a hunky-dory, perfect outcome like you envisioned at one point, you still want to make the best of it. And I, I would say that everybody has wanted to do that, but yeah. their execution's been lackluster to say the least or maybe they didn't have the time or maybe they didn't have the patience or the wherewithal to sort of tackle that big of an endeavor and say, you know, I, I don't despise this person deep down inside. I don't resent them to my core. That's just what comes out when we're in the moments of high peak animosity. Do you think as people, we're held to different standards today than we were generations ago when it comes to how we interact with our family and kids? I Uh, hope so. That probably just changes naturally. I don't know if you know, society said, oh, you're held to a higher, higher standard or anything. It's like we t- you guys talking about parenting. I don't I don't know that it um, I think it's different because marriage is approached differently. Like you have kids before you get married these days. So you have a lot more of that going on where you may have a couple that have kids and aren't even married. So I don't know. It's just not the traditional the tr- or tradition is changing. Rather, conventionalism has changed <clears throat> or how we view it. Is that a bad thing? I mean, I don't, not, marriage is sort of a weird subject, but I mean, the engagement ring wasn't invented until like ni- the 1930s, right? The 1940s. How brilliant was that shit? I, so, I mean, <laughs> like, like, and literally, like yeah. everything you think of as traditional really isn't that old or traditional, right? Like if you were still growing up in a, you know, in a village with no electricity, the, the whole town probably pitched in raising kids. You know, it wasn't just a more mom com- and dad yeah, more isolated. Of a community siloed, effort. Yeah. yeah. So maybe we're going back to that. I would like to, man, well, I've always grandparents thought, are more and more involved. I think they are. I grew up with my grandparents. Same essentially. here. Same here. I think, uh, I think the older you get and I, strangely, just as of late, I've been thinking of parenting as like a, a second opportunity to write a lot of, um, wrong behaviors. Uh, well, okay. That's good luck. That's a brash approach. Um, I'm it's not, not su- arrogant at all. No, I'm not. I'm not suggesting. <laughs> uh, I'm not suggesting that the kiddo has bad behaviors that I seek to correct. I'm, it's kind of like an introspective look at yourself, and I do believe that kids progress and are in, intended to progress beyond their parents' um, 
sort of stature and personalities and yeah, what's what held we, them back. That's what we want. We yeah. want them to be better than if, us. Yeah, if evolution has its way and the natural flow of it works within human beings like it does with the rest of um, any conscious progression that exists here or anywhere in space, then yeah, that's what you would want to see is intellectual and emotional progression, I guess. So when I look at parenting, I see it as a second opportunity to witness my daughter getting things right that I got wrong throughout the track. And even further, I see grandparenting, and it's hard to um, get my parents to admit this. They listen to the show. Maybe they'll admit it now. (laughs) Um, But even when you make it to grandparenting, I've noticed that a lot of what they are experiencing and what they're starting to suggest and uh, conversations that we're having as with, with me and with my ex-wife about parenting, there are a lot of the things that they wish they would have implemented 35, 40 years ago when they had the awareness and the wisdom, or if they had the wisdom and awareness in advance of, but they've learned throughout their course of parenting tips and tricks and stuff like that. So it's it's... It's like parenting is the second chance at seeing things get righter and righter. And grandparenting is like the ultimate chance at, at seeing the the full picture. I have this weird theory that like three generations is like a magic number. And um, we, we never really, I mean, you can interact with your great grandmother, certainly, but like the closeness of the family unit from child, parent, grandparent, it's kind of it's pretty connected. Um, it, it can be pretty strong, barring you know tragedies and uh, just completely broken homes where you have no interaction with any of the grandparents. Um, odds are you're going to have four grandparents in your life that you can grow close to, uh, some closer than others. You're going to have two parents, and you're also going to be a parent at some point and the potential of being a grandparent at some point. It's like this weird interchangeable flow of experience and life experience that has really been intriguing me because I'm in the middle of it now. I'm a parent and I'm also a uh, kid still to my uh, mom and my dad. Yeah. And I'm also a grandson to my one surviving grandmother still. So I still get to experience like this whirlwind of all these different people going through their motions of... um, I guess, family experiencing and and life. And it's very intriguing to me because I love psychoanalyzing it all on my own. Psychoanalyze this, this story, buddy of mine's good movies, right? Oh, it wasn't psychoanalyze this. It was analyze this. Analyze this and this other shitty sequel. Analyze that. Buddy of mine uh, this past week told me of a really interesting story. Him and his uh, other guy friends went bowling. And one of the guys that was one of our coworkers that they went bowling with, I don't know this guy. He's not in my department or anything. Uh, he brought his daughter. And what the guys at first thought was maybe his son or something. His two teenagers he brought with him at the bowling alley. So like, okay, fine. Then they noticed uh, that the teenage boy who was with the teenage girl uh, started like massaging her back and acting ways like, oh, okay. We hope that's not her brother. That's, that's obviously her boyfriend. <laughs> obviously her boyfriend. Okay, that's fine. So the guy brought his daughter and her boyfriend. Okay, so they figured out that dynamic quick. And then um, he called him uh, his by his first name. And they were like, well, that's kind of weird. Instead of saying Mr. or Sir or whatever, then that's fine. Then they noticed that he started smacking the girl's butt in front of dad. 
at the bowling alley and in front of the other guys. Mm. And uh, I want to say his first name because you met him, but oh, a buddy of mine, no I'm not name. going to. But a in buddy, case he loses this, his show. He does. Oh, okay. Uh, this buddy of well, mine. shout outs to yeah, you. Yeah, shout out to this guy. He now, knows who he's, will he's, remain he's nameless. He's listening to this cracking up. He knows the story. He told me it. <laughs> the guys, uh, their, necks, their necks almost snapped whipping their heads back seeing that this teenage boy probably 15 years old was smacking the 15 year old's girl's butt right in, in front, front of, of dad. dad and dad didn't seem to have a problem now me and my friend agree that the way we grew up that shit would not right. fly and even right now look i've i've been with my i'm wearing the ring i've been with my girl for 10 years it's going to be 10 years in february okay even now I would never smack Maggie's butt in front of her dad. At sure. least I get punched in the freaking mouth and deserve it. You you kind of know already where it's, this is going to go, right? As far as psychoanalyzing just, is concerned. It's just weird how and and then I I, I asked him. I was like, so didn't you feel weird about? It? Hell yeah, I feel weird about. It. I want to whoop this dude's ass. It wasn't even my daughter. <laughs> like, so is is there something that is really subjective about what is considered offensive with respect to parenting. And I think me and the general consensus of the other guys at work and my other guy friends were like, hell no. Nah. When we grew up, we never would have done something like right. that. And, and I'm wondering how our, what's well, a cliche answer. It's, it's the way the dad was brought up. Probably he was smacking girls asses in front of his dad at home. Probably that's, but right. the double standard should still exist. Right. Even though I wanted to smack a teenage girl's ass in front of her mom and dad, I wouldn't have the balls to fucking do it whenever I'm older. It should or exist. expect it out of my daughter. So let me try maybe to. Maybe he has no control uh, over his daughter, and saying something, you know, puts him in a really bad place with her. I don't know. <clears throat> so can you forecast in sixteen to twenty years? Are you going to have the weed talk with your kids? Well, of course. Okay. Are you going to have the be... weed talk with my nieces and nephews right now? Now, if. <laughs> If weed grows into something that is even stronger and more potent than it is now compared to where it was 10, 15 years ago, probably will. are you going to be as receptive as you would be right now if your children approached you and said, I'm smoking pot? I'm going to tell my kids the truth. I smoked a lot of pot when I was young, <laughs> right? I probably smoked 20 minutes before having this conversation. <laughs> But I think it's better for you to refrain from it until you're an adult and just know the truth about potheads. Mm -hmm. Because you can smoke pot and not be a pothead. Like, if you want to do it every once in a while, I'd prefer you didn't at all. But I respect that more than people who just spend their entire freaking time doing nothing but smoking pot and talking about the, uh, the deep effects of cheese on our society. Because I've met those guys. Well, I mean, that's me, right? <laughs> there are some deep effects of cheese in society, Miguel, to meander from a pot to cheese. No, I'm kidding. What I'm saying is that you, I, What's crazy is we'll probably have study after study after study on the negative effects of yeah. pot because now that it's legal, you know, now you can actually have studies going on. And the first few ones that are coming out aren't positive. They're not good, but it's also not the pot I grew up on. If I so all these things, it's strange. Like um pop culture works the same way. Like the movies that we grew up on, the formats even, the video games we were playing, there was a certain golden era of them. Um and there was a certain specialness to them when you actually engaged with them in real time. And I feel the same way about pot. I would never smoke the pot that people are smoking today. I know, I know the feeling of getting really, really high. And I know the feeling of what people smoking today 
experience to a certain degree. You have been, you've got one foot in the old door of like, you know, smoking yeah, a yeah. giant bag, a Ziploc bag pot and also smoking, you know, certain high grade uh, marijuana. But now it seems like it's strictly the high grade stuff. Uh, Pretty much. I mean, it, it depends who it is. There's still teenagers out there that are buying oregano and smoking it, thinking they're high. And there's mm. older, smarter people who are willing to spend money on wax. Yeah. You know, that shit that'll basically you take one whiff and you wake up three days later. <laughs> you know, <laughs> So it's meant for cancer patients and they're smoking it recreationally. And the government medicinal stuff, if that's the stuff that they're doing um, research on, then yeah, yeah. it's going to provide completely different results than the big bag of pot would have provided if they were doing the research on it 20 years ago. Right. And the way we're able to use data analytics right now and gather data is much more efficient than it was 20, 30 years ago when we were kids. You know, so Morgan's right. I think that we're going to be able to basically analyze this generation from 2020 to 2030 and see what effect it has on them. It's not going to be great, but I don't think it's going to be worse than, I mean, I, fast I prefer, food. Well, I, right. There's right. so many other things out there that are fucking killing us. Even you know? alcohol. I mean, uh, alcohol is pretty shitty stuff too. It kills yeah. brain cells. Yeah. I mean, it's it sucks. Oh for two, Miguel. <laughs> You're over two so far. Well, I'm just saying. I don't. I don't drink all the time, and no, I don't smoke true. pot all the time. That's I'm true. just saying it, intermittently. If people want to do it, I think they have the right to do so. But I don't think they have the right to bullshit about what it does to them and others. I'm not going to deny it. I'm not going to just sit here and try to justify it. It's it's a lie that uh, alcohol you know kills brain cells. It's not a lie. We know it. Like, yeah. <laughs> that's something we've known for a long ass time. And I'm so, yeah, do what you will, hurt no one, but don't bullshit. That, that's my rules in life, you know, because that's what narratives over facts is the thing that's hurting us. It's going to segue into what uh, that event here in Dallas. Uh, what, what event? You know exactly what I'm talking about. We should be embarrassed. The whole world's talking about what happened huh? in Dallas. It's yeah. Recently. What happened in Dallas? You know, JFK and his son. Oh, those <laughs> guys. Come back to Earth and make Trump president. Oh, yeah. I mean, are we On really? the same spot that he was assassinated in downtown Dallas. So, you guys know how I feel about those nut jobs. I mean, these are the people you you loosely attach me and group me with, Morgan. Just on anti it's just on anti-vaccine, stuff. but that's enough now for like the, that's the world a harsh conflation more right because these guys the world are. out there if you label me as like part of that group when it comes to anti-vax then my critics will say oh he must think jfk is popping no, up no, the, there's a major difference this is this is scary man yeah this is almost like on a religious level of it's cult-like let's just yeah. be honest what yeah. can we do about it I don't think you can do anything about it because I think there's just a certain amount of a, every population that thinks this way. It's just we live in a society where they can do stupid shit like this for other people to see. Hmm. We've always had nuts and we're always I mean, going to have I'm nuts. I'm pretty sure is, there's probably a flat earth convention and we allow it in some way, shape or form. Yeah, but shouldn't we like secretively, I don't know, tag and follow these people? And, uh, you know, going even further, I made the suggestion in group chat that we should maybe you know, when you're researching, uh, well, I don't know that you guys have ever done this because you've been in longstanding relationships, but, you know, if you're checking someone out online that you're interested in you or hiring someone, you kind of do your research on them a yeah, little you bit. Vet them. You vet a lot yeah. of people. I've, can't, we, can't we vet these people's, like, personal lives? You don't think they're on a watch list somewhere? No, because they're just nutcases that nobody really gives any credence to. If you're, that's the thing. is if We you're, should, though. People say what... Well, 
you shouldn't conflate things, Miguel, but I think that if you're a certain level of crazy, you, people have the right to assume you're capable of almost anything. Well, I'm talking about taking it further. What about we exile them from society? How? <laughs> How are you going to exile them? Well, you, you find out where they work. You find out where they work. You find out if they own a business. Take over Cuba and then just that, start. That, that basically is Cuba. happening now. I mean, that, there was this one guy who lost his business here in the DFW because he was a big QAnoner. But remember that lady like a year and a half ago um, who was probably a stone's throw away from QAnon? She owned the little hairdresser place here in Dallas. She and hit that. She, she was uh, anti-mask at the very start of COVID. Oh, uh, yeah. Remember yeah. that lady? And she got the governor's support and all that. That's uh, because it was so political. Yeah, and, but no. people flocked to her business because there were enough extremists in support of what she was saying. Yeah. Uh, I don't know that I would call that. Oh, extremism at that time of COVID, it was pretty pretty extreme no 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 that that's if i open a video store now, that's the anti-mask group at that point in time going crazy if i open a video store right now and i say you know everyone's welcome you don't have to have a vaccine you don't have to have a vaccine to work here Mm. it's even playing field all of a sudden the pro vaccine crowd is going to be like well, I'm not going to shop well, there. Actually, you can't do they they what you're saying can't happen. You as a business cannot require your your the people who come into your store or the people that work for you to be vaccinated. Oh yeah, what I'm <clears throat> suggesting is that okay, if my if people did their research on me as a business owner or even listened to the podcast and they said, "Well, you don't want to go shopping there because this guy uh is anti-vax." Completely. And then all of a sudden, I will garner, and I'm not, <laughs> I will garner droves of, of the you crowd could. who are anti-vax. Yeah, but you it's could. not like, calm, the cool. L- the LGBTQ, whatever that community might be all over you. It's not calm and cool for your oh. rap songs. Oh, maybe. Uh, <laughs> from like 15, 20 years ago. But it, they're still out there. I said I a mean, couple of bad words. Yeah. Um, Just saying. But okay, Morgan brings this up every time. <laughs> it's like his thing. He has this one thing. There's just poking the hours. bear, right? But I don't. Okay, there's. I'll to be you. fair, that was like 99 percent of rappers 20, 15 years ago. Yeah, and yeah. to be to be yeah, but Eminem got canceled. To be the more candid, is. to be more candid, there's not a single curse word on my new album, so you'll be uh, okay. Uh, everything will be fine. I'm correcting. And it's not authentic. I'm writing my wrongs. It is authentic. Um. What I was saying, and derailed my train of thought. That rarely happens, Brian. <laughs> you got me flustered because you're, you're criticizing my old music. Anyway, so fun. people looking up at your, your past right. to rail against you. Yes. So people looking into your, not past, present, because I maintain well, my they, current stance. They look into the past. They go look like the moment somebody gets drafted, they go look at their Twitter feed to find. That's true. To find I, out a, a DWI. And if you said something years eight years ago, they're going to bring it up. Sure. But it seems like we do that with decent people a lot more than we do it with shitty weirdos. I don't know about that. I mean, these people are being lambasted online. Maggie just. But that doesn't do anything. Here's your synchronicity. Maggie just sent me a video. Yeah. Uh, she, somebody that I guess, I don't know if she knows, put on a, a YouTube of these nutters. I mean, it's, it's, it's what you'd but expect. But that doesn't man. get anything done. People, what else can you do besides society making fun of these people like for I being said, psychotic? You exile them. You take their livelihoods away. That's what's happening. If you're, you're a nut job, she, eh, she I don't not. want you serving me uh, <laughs> well, Benihana's. So, <laughs> playing devil's advocate, the problem with that is, is you don't make them better, you make them worse. 
I didn't say you had to exile them public. I said exile well, well, them if you exi- It doesn't matter public or not. Exile means you're sending them off to an island. That's what that sounds like. Well, with an algorithm at play, you can get a little spicier. You can get intricate. You can kind of push them away from having an impact on society, period, by by quietly steering them in a direction or, or It, it happens inevitably. Social Darwinism takes place. Now, some of it is just obnoxious cancel culture. I don't like it whenever somebody who's about to run a magazine or is about to take over a certain role, somebody, the Twitter mob basically finds something they said 20 years ago mm-hmm. and holds it against them. That's shitty and irrational. But if you're somebody in this- a double standard, Miguel. But it's if, not- If there's a priest still- uh, at a Catholic school somewhere that's and 25 different. years ago. That's that molestation and being a dick is different. Like, it, Oh like, yeah. <laughs> but, but these people are dicks. These people are, um, they can be, they dangerous. are negative influencers. They are misinformation gatherers and spreaders. They're kind of like, a, uh, they're a little lower on the tier of, of negativity than molesters. Yes. But they're still like, Something that we're trying to erode at. Yeah, I mean, there are there are a type of societal cancer if you're out there spending every day of your life spreading bullshit. Yeah. That's harmful. Um, what I'm saying is that these people, like, for instance, the ones that were in the video Mags just sent me, hell of a synchronicity there. She just sent it right when we were talking about it. Um, <laughs> the, you listen to the interviews of these people. I don't want to play it right now. They're too nauseating. But the, the shit they're saying, I mean, these, these, these rednecks saying, he's, he's coming. John, John Kennedy's coming. If he don't come tonight, he's coming to the Bruce, the Bruce Springsteen concert mm-hmm. or the Rolling Stone concert. So they're just saying crazy shit. JFK would JFK's be 104. In a new second coming. Well, JFK would be 104 years old if he was alive. He'd have his brains blown out of his fucking head. And then his son died 20 years ago. They found his wreckage in 1999, over 20 years ago. So it's like, somebody should have pranked them on Halloween well, they, and like, damn it. I wish they, somebody would have. They saw Bubba Hotep. They know that JFK is a black man in a nursing home, in a nursing home. <laughs> somewhere in East Texas. Damn it's a man. good movie. But it's like, yes. how do you how do you have a rational conversation with somebody who even performatively pretends to believe that? Because they're either A, a troll if it's performative, or B, if they really believe it, it's even more terrifying. How do you even begin to have a rational conversation with somebody that fucking crazy? Strike common ground. What is common ground? Why do I want to strike common ground with somebody that's like that? I believe that I empathize with you. You say we should exile them from society. I I, I feel like I'm – this is where I feel torn because on one hand, I think we have a responsibility to lambast them like people are doing online. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, you're also giving them attention, which is what they want. And that's the sort of problem yeah. is that they're getting attention right now, which is what they want. Um, even if it's the most negative attention of everybody laughing at these people, the hundred that showed up. Well, what I've noticed over – um, course of many years on social media is that criticism and um, sort of the verbal attacking online it works on celebrities and people with reputations that they're trying to safeguard because it's their livelihood but yeah. these people's reputations no it makes them dig in yeah exactly so they're on the opposite end of the spectrum um, when it comes to like notoriety they don't necessarily want to be famous off of the things that they're saying they want to get under the skin of people like you who um, want to criticize them and rightfully so criticize them consistently to sort of um, erode at their existence. They're, they're, they're pitted against you on this, uh, this sort of seesaw of back and forth when it comes to correctness and tackling um, reality. And that's why it's such a hard path forward to like, how do you, chip away at it i had a 
conversation with my stepdad this weekend about it because he he had well my mom sent me a link on saturday saying hey look what's happening in your hometown she yeah. always does that because she's always trying to convince me to move to san antonio i'm always trying to convince her to move to dallas so every uh, once in a while we'll throw shade and salt at each other's cities yeah and every single time one of these freaking nuts has a convention in our town or something like this happens she always sends me a link talking shit and i ended up um, kind of having a back and forth with her and i was saying you know I, I just can't believe that there's this many adults that feel that way and she was just like well you said it yourself we've always had religious nuts what's the difference yeah I, I said it earlier this is a stone's throw away from the way they feel about jesus's second coming i mean but even it's then, the same that's... but it's the same sort of uh fervor it is but uh, is do you think yeah let's just play play the fun uh hypothetical game you think if jesus is really going to come back that he's like, oh man, these are the people I want. <laughs> Look at these guys. They, this is exactly who I want to oh, represent. Let's, let's write that my SNL second skit. coming. Let's Holy cow. It's not an SNL skit. It could be a whole series. Dude, we need to do that. We need to make the skit where Jesus comes back and he sees the, his loudest followers. They're a bunch of freaking nuts and losers. A bunch of Trumpers. Absolutely. This is this is why I've actually questioned the um the psychology of a, a celebrity quite often because I don't know that celebrities necessarily want the type of fans that they garner a oh, lot of no, the time. No, you can't control that a lot of times. Oh, I know, but, but you should be allowed to like Drake should be allowed to say like some of these people give me a bad name. Isn't like the, the 13 year old girl who pays for her concert ticket and all that, but doesn't well, know. Well, Jake probably invited her. So let's not go there. Okay. So know. Drake, Drake <laughs> not might not be example. a great. Yeah. <laughs> Jake's spicy talk. I'm yeah. just saying Drake text you, teenage you're girls. The, so, yeah, you're yeah. up on the Millie Bobby Brown stuff. Oh, that's right. one, bro. Come on. Right. I, I like, I Maybe know Drake's guy. not a great example, but I do feel as if, very many notable figures and even historical ones garner the attention of a fan base that doesn't necessarily represent what they're trying to yeah, get across. I don't know that you can control that though. Well, I mean, don't they have a responsibility? Isn't your fan base a reflection often of what you're pushing? For yeah. example, like That's why we got 150 listeners and no more is because there's just not that many people who can appreciate what we're doing here. Morgan. <laughs> What I'm saying is, is that who's who's Trump's most adamant fan base? You think it's these really left wing, you know, liberal minded people, or See, do you think it's like that's where that's where when I was looking at his presidency and I was looking at it week to week, he shifted somewhere along the way to because I think something sparked in him that made him realize the only way he had a shot at reelection in 2020 was going all the way extreme and appealing to the nut jobs. Again, it's exemplary of you have a responsibility to answer to the, your fan base, whatever you end up garnering. But I, you, but you, but he would have been he he would have his legacy wouldn't have been so fucking tarnished if he didn't if he didn't give in to the, the rabbit. The day, if you voted, right. I, I would agree with you there. If, I know if you voted for Trump the first time, you're somebody who didn't have a problem with the things he said. It wasn't a deal breaker for you when he said Mexicans are rapists and murderers right. or the ones coming over. But there was also the other side of the crowd that was like playing the cliche, oh, lesser of two evils. We don't really want Hillary in there because there was a lot of misinformation floating around about her. Dude, we, weren't, we weren't presented with, 
great options. I don't, options I don't think we were either. I'm somebody who the, the most cordial thing I can say is I'm not a fan of Hillary and Bill Clinton. Yeah. That's the nicest way I can put it. And even then, I'm just like, what the hell? It's like the Bilderberg group versus the reptilians. Which ones do you <laughs> want to put into office? It's kind of like, do I, do I want a Karen who might be able to take care of the place or do I want a madman who, you know, and I get a kick out of the people, my friends, dads, moms and dads who would say things like, well, I hated Hillary, but, you know, I was so mad at the way things were in Washington. I was willing to vote for somebody who's going to burn the whole thing down. It's like, wait a minute, you forget we're all in the same country, you asshole. Right. Like, it's analogous to being on a flight and there are these liberal hippies next to you getting on your nerves. So to punish those liberal hippies, you can put a madman as a pilot and hope the place crashes. Right. You're on the flight. Fly Southwest, asshole. you might get one. <laughs> you might. Never been on Southwest. Uh, Southwest it's so interesting like the, is that the Walmart of, of flights well the culture of companies is starting to like emerge a little bit more and more through stories and through like what they tolerate and what they stand for and what they're uh, politically uh, aligned with more and more these days I'm telling you we're not far away from people and this is not an, a bad thing but people secretively boycotting companies that just don't align with their beliefs well, that, that already happens it happens all the time though and yeah. that, maybe now more than ever because i get people on the phone calling my company saying hey i heard your uh certain oh really firm uh is owned by this guy and i see him is well i'll say it um my biggest boss above all Alan is greenspan no <laughs> <laughs> sorry that was random but I he's thought a, he's a certain billionaire, and he they basically oh, it's Warren Buffett. Warren Buffett, and and I've had a couple of farts call in saying, um, "Well, I I view him as left wing because he criticized Trump, so I'm canceling my policy." Oh. And I'm like, oh, "Okay, okay, Ouch. we're gonna miss your sixty four dollars a month, sorry, compared to this five thousand dollar policy you have with us and this other guy has." So it's like people have always been doing that, but I feel I feel like they're pettier than ever. Like, well, it people, doesn't harm your industry, well, I don't think. No, man, just. From but, all my time in the hotel business, they've been petty like that since the 90s, early 90s. The people have always been petty, you think? Oh my God, dude. <laughs> <laughs> but can't it, but this may not necessarily be rooted in pettiness. It's just so, it's tribal though, isn't it? Mm, surface level, I want to say yes. But what if Southwest only hires, what if their vetting process provides it to where they only hire 80% of a certain politically affiliated uh, denomination. So they only hire, they hire, let's just say well, that's Southwest only hires. Yeah, but let's say that the ownership group and the higher ups within Southwest say, we want our entire organization to be 80% right wing for the most part, or right wing politically. That's blatantly political, yeah. Yeah. Now, let's just suggest, because I feel as if there are American companies that do this. Clearly, probably. I think well, they I, have access to doing. And I think you're overthinking that. One, it's it's hard enough to keep people hired, and two, I gotta vet their political opinions before I hire them. I think no it's been, effing way. I think in a news you're gonna get you're gonna you're gonna have a Southwest conspiracy. Probably only has. 300 yeah, but, pilots? Yes, but when someone goes to school to become a human resources person or they, you know, whatever you want to call it, they have ethics. They don't just do what the company tells them to do. Unless you like maybe work for like a media company like Fox News, 
Um, even then, Max or, even then, I bet you that they'll they'll t- they, they won't break the law. They won't do things knowingly. That's not breaking the law, is it? I would imagine hiring someone or denying someone a job based on political affiliation. How do you prove that they did likely, that? Though? How do you, that's a hard. It'd be hard to, to prove, but I would yeah. suggest that it's that it's discrimination in some way, shape, or form. I can discriminate if you smoke. Because smoking is not a protected class. And I, you might say, well, neither are Republicans or Democrats. They're not protected classes. But, yeah, we, I, I mean, I don't know that you could get away with that. It, the moment somebody challenged it, it would probably go away very quickly. Mm. No, Gary Kelly, who's the CEO of uh, Southwest, does have a long-lasting friendship and several meetings with, I, I mean, obviously, I just Googled Trump. so I didn't know that. Yeah. Well, no. most major business probably has a working relationship with the active president, active presidents, or, or even they may tend to go Republican more than Democrat. I mean, it just, it behooves a major business to be in the political game. Southwest CEO, Gary Kelly, this is from 2017, will attend Donald Trump's requested airline meeting. American Airlines CEO, Doug Parker will not. See the way you read that? Isn't that the way the headline was? Yeah. It's letting you know. Yeah. The tribalism sure. exists within American corporations. Who knew? Who to thunk it? Sometimes, I mean, okay. like like Ben and Jerry's is unapologetically left wing. Yeah, you can tell they're they're two hippies. <laughs> they're two fat hippies. <laughs> they're two old hippies from <laughs> freaking ice cream. Vermont or Wisconsin. I forgot where those kids are from. But yeah, they're they're unapologetic left wing hippies. They've always been. They endorsed the living shit out of Bernie Sanders, I believe. <laughs> you remember City Slickers? Those two guys were supposed to poke fun at Ben and Jerry, right? You know the yeah. Okay, I don't remember that. I, I, I whenever I visualize Ben and Jerry, I vi- visualize oh, City Slickers. Okay, okay, City okay those, Slickers, two, yes. those two fit guys. <laughs> one's fat, one's David Paymer. Yeah, there you, you know go. David Paymer. Yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, probably the first podcast on this planet that's mentioned David Paymer. <laughs> <laughs> You're Googling that. Who the, who the hell is that? He's a good character actor from the late 90s, I would say. Early 2000s. Come on, tribalism in, in corporate America? Clearly, it's trickled down. If anything is trickled down, it's your attitude. It's attitude. Is everything, you think that sometimes we're more tribal in ways that we don't even realize? Absolutely. How it does out. it work in your family? We just got done talking about parenting and kids. Yeah. Think of all the tendencies and all of the nuances that you've inherited that unless you spent every waking moment of your parents' life as they were going through them in their 20s and 30s, which you couldn't uh, because you can't time travel or do any of that cool cosmic space stuff yet. Um, but you would notice that a lot of their ticks are your ticks. And that keeps working its way up societally. Whatever we allow to influence us um, for right or wrong reasons influences us. And a lot of people are influenced. We've addressed the fact that a lot of people are consumer sheep in this country. So thereby, deductively, a lot of people are influenced by the products they consume, whether that be television, whether that be radio, whether that be the clothes they wear, yeah. the music they listen to. It's so easy to, um, without judgment, 
assess someone's influences today more than ever. Well, I mean, don't we attach tribalism and identity to the products we buy? And like, I mean, this is a perfect example of Western capitalism. I mean, you have people in the back of their car, they'll have like an Apple symbol yeah. and other people have the Android symbol yeah. and they'll talk shit to each other. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So you if have, they had our Bluetooth technology, it'd be really cool to see those arguments. Like imagine pulling up behind a couple of those people with those bumper stickers and then you get to see the scrolling. All their shit. Yeah. <laughs> I'm telling you, I, I mean, when self-driving cars come along, Miguel, it's going to be fun. It's not just going to be a bunch of people beating off in the back of their sobs. I like how that's the first thing you mentioned, but that's probably what's going to happen. <laughs> that's because you said that pic- that uh, video yeah, that I that didn't video. want to click also on. Also Dallas. I thought it was all, uh, I thought it was a driver and no, at first. No. I'm like, shit, they it got went, me. It went viral. It was like, <laughs> in like 16 hours, it had like 16 million views. It was absolutely insane how fast that That's crazy. Viral. Yeah. Boy, was, Dallas has kind of gotten some bad rep on the internet as of late. frustrating, man. First, we get some guy whacking off on I-35 and goes viral. And then, well, that highway deserves all the, <laughs> all the jizz. Especially can, on the south side then, of the city. If if and then if people don't know this video, this bastard had his phone out right in front of him. Terrible. He had his right hand on his phone right in front of him, on standing out naked on the highway. Was left hand was just going to town on him. And this is the this is the social media site online that you think is no is better and higher than. Well, uh, it was also TikTok. on Twitter, and it is better oh, than okay. it's, to this day. If every day Reddit had a post of somebody whacking off in public, it would still be more intellectually than <laughs> substantive You're probably than right. TikTok and Twitter and right. Instagram. I didn't want to meander too far from what you were about to say about influence and all that, because we were on a pretty good track there with uh, influence. And yeah, we talked about Reagan here, I think, uh, two or three episodes ago and yeah. how trickle-down economics was going to be this big thing. But, but that's a... Mi- I've noticed that influence doesn't necessarily work the way we want it to when it comes to materialism. It does have bits and pieces. Like you see somebody wearing something or driving a car and instinct uh, driving a nicer car than you. Instinctively, in a lot of people, some um, form of not envy, but like, oh, I wish I had that car or uh, I, that's a nice shirt. Where do you get that shirt? Some sort of like influence will, will bleed from one person to another with the material, but with the immaterial, it bleeds over without us like being conscious of it, being aware. Well, the immaterial, the attitudes, the, um, the agendas, the tribalism, like tribalism can be redacted to a list of things. But if you poll a hundred people, um, like what are your thoughts on tribalism? They're, they're probably not going to have as deep of an understanding as I think it really goes right now. Like tribalism can, like we're talking about the early primitive, like pulling your weapons out and fighting a tribe that's trying to take over your land. We're not as, as, that's not what we're doing in America, but it's ideological now. Yeah. But I mean, we're not as a, we say that until January 6th happens again. Right. For the most part, we're not as abrasive and violent as we were you know, we, 10,000 years ago when we were still living in caves. But the tribal nature that's part of our evolutionary biology is still there. Right. We attach to superficial things now, like you said, clothing and the material things we buy. Um, and sometimes it's, it's territorial. I don't, I don't know this fucking person, so I don't want them near my house. So we're, we're still tribal. We're still – we're not as violent as we were. But Which is – which is good. However, 
we allow the lesser tribes to linger, what whereas are, we did not used to do that. What are the lesser tribes that rely on the linger? Well, in the immaterial world, it it's back to that that intellectual sort of um, conscious conversation that we had here three or four episodes ago about you know the fact that there are tiers, in my opinion, of cognitive ability. So you're saying and the, comprehension of reality. The worst of the blob is what you're talking about. Maybe not the worst. Maybe the general the general like population. <laughs> <laughs> maybe the gen maybe Damn. well maybe the majority of them. Yeah. It's not like they're standing up refuting um what I'm saying. I wish they would. But they're not. No, it's people. Ignorance is bliss in a lot of these folks' lives. And I guess what I'm suggesting is that's okay. But if we look at the past, we're not talking about violent measures here because we don't live in that world anymore. But tribes that were inferior got done away with for sillier reasons than consciousness well, the, the, the problem is where do you draw the line what if i decide that the tribe of gay and lesbian needs to be gone but you see that's that's not an immaterial thing that's a surface level sort of uh prejudice in my opinion just like race just like uh yeah that's sexual tribal. orientation so we're only talking about material items no i I'm, think he's talking about I'm intelligence talking about, and i'm talking about the yeah i'm talking about the internal stuff that we don't tackle i I don't. I think prejudice has been misused. I don't think it's a bad tool. So yeah, quote me on that one. No, I agree. I, agree. I don't I, think I prejudice is a bad tool. I think it's been hijacked. Like I think a ton of words have been hijacked by people who wanted to appropriate it for whatever their uh, commandeering and taking over goals were that's at stupid. the time. So that's. I agree with what you're saying to an extent. I mean, some of the stupidest freaking people I've ever met in my entire life are also racist and bigots. Yeah. It's and, like, how it, are you part of a superior race? You on the heels even, of slavery, well, on so the heels the, of um, genocides, on the heels of the Holocaust, all of these poor approaches at prejudice have resulted in these atrocities. If you flip it, if you reverse Hitler it, and you say, hey, how about we just start fucking separating ourselves and concentrating camp because these people in, because you're doing it based on an opinion but that's never stopped anyone in the past morgan is not it, when you're bigger and stronger if, if, if morgan in your opinion is it um less certainly is it less evil to judge someone in 2021 by their intelligence and by their way of thinking or simply because they are black or gay or hispanic or blind you know what i mean so i think it, it's all the same if you are being prejudiced to someone who has less intelligence, it's the same as being prejudiced to someone who has a different color skin. So Those don't people don't have a choice. You don't have a choice at your color skin. You don't have a choice necessarily. At your How do you know they had a choice at intelligence? Well, because they do. The, every every do single not day, know they that. do. You do not. It's know like that. it's like willful ignorance. Isn't there a difference? Like if if somebody I've met some good-hearted people who are not that intelligent, 
And I, I feel like I, I will feel bad discriminating against them. So what if somebody has brain damage? There are examples. Sure. There are examples of people who maybe they're if they're not mentally retarded, they had brain damage, or they had something happen to them when they were kids, sure. or they just they just grew up with two mom and dads didn't know what the fuck they're doing, so it's not their fault. Let's so, cat scan these uh, JFK fucking <laughs> uh, people. Let's see if they have brain damage. If they do, we shouldn't be talking about them. Period. But odds are they're fine, fully functioning mental people that just shouldn't have. What if what if you found out they took all they all took intelligence tests and they're all Mensa members? However, they think this way. Oh God! Then I would, I would say I would suggest that Mensa is skewed <laughs> in its assessment of. Well, I mean, you're making this huge leap that because they did this, they're non-intelligent. I think that's wrong to do. Well, then Whoa. let's. How do we? How do we? How do we figure it out? First of all, I just want to get Morgan on record because I want to make sure I'm understanding this, Morgan. So you think that the people at that rally who thought that JFK <laughs> and his son are not – and that you, you think that there's a possibility that they were all massively intelligent people. I mean, just, just want to make sure I heard you correctly. There is a real chance that several of those people were – you would never know they felt this way unless you saw them there, and you would think they were smart people. I guarantee it. How I guarantee you that this isn't the missing teeth – trailer park trash sure. walking around no. that doesn't know shit no i don't I, get, I don't have those people in mind either i mean if you think about religion mm -hmm. think about all the smart people who are freaking religious right. and religious zealots to a point that you didn't even realize they were religious zealots so how is that less shameful though or less embarrassing i think that those are the worst people in my opinion morgan the people who should know better the people who are intelligent who are educated and yet choose to be willfully ignorant um, so no, I don't think we should discriminate against me personally. I don't think we should discriminate against somebody who just because they're dumb, they might have a good heart and they might be beneficial to society. But if you are somebody who's willfully ignorant and you believe crazy shit because you are an adult who is so obsessed with narratives or, or you have a because track of your record of nature, bad influence as well, you, well. Just, you let society weed that out. That's what he's talking about. I think to an extent, it's like these people are going to face discrimination because of, like that, that guy that they showed on WFAA. Who flat out said, I know JFK Jr. is going to come here. When he comes here and makes his announcement, he's going to put Trump back in office. Like, what the? What does like, that even mean? Like, how do they have the power? Exactly. Put, so, put this guy wasn't. <laughs> is there a law? Like, is he, does he have a magic wand? Like, <laughs> what? He's been out of office for 70 years, sir, going on 70. There's no way he could do this. Even if he, okay, let's say he was last. <laughs> Who was the Let's last say president? it's Jesus. He doesn't have the power to make Trump yeah. president. No, that's true. <laughs> that is verifiably true. Like, it doesn't. This is something that an eight-year-old who has a, a, a third or fourth level education in how government works, Morgan, would be like, what the fuck is wrong with you? What are you talking about? So when, the guy that I'm talking about who went viral, one of the guys, didn't have any missing teeth. But, well, he didn't have a dumb, he yeah, taught keep, lot days. Keep in mind, though, the people who are who are on video are the dumbest of the dumb. <laughs> look, they don't take a, a camera around and sure, film a bunch sure, of people to sure. put the average dude on there. They're looking for the exception. So keep in mind when you're looking at those video videos, you're not looking at the average guy. Do you think that whenever, if let's say me and you, Morgan, went to that rally and uh, I'd have had so much fun. I wish I'd known it was coming before. If it was on your vacation oh. week. Gosh. Oh my God. Oh man. But I'm saying, let's I say. I might have gotten shot. I, I think that. <laughs> <laughs> I know this troll. Added JFK. <laughs> How ironic. <laughs> that is terrible. What I'm saying is like, let's say we did go speak to the most intelligent articulate of that group, Morgan. At the end of the day, there are still people who believe that JFK Jr. was somehow going to put Trump back in office. Again, um, 
I'm sorry. Where do you get off saying that they might be kind of intelligent? It's like if you believe if you believe something that crazy, Morgan, is not the rest of your intelligence. We let We let billions of people walking around believing there is this fictitious thing that tells you how to live and where to live and it controls all. And but we don't do anything about that. But, but they're not hurting. In fact, <laughs> what do you mean they're not hurting people? They're draining old people's bank accounts left That's and true. right. Well, they are. I mean, there's a lot of evil there. There's some good there. Don't get me wrong, but there's a lot of evil there. We, I, is, I mean, is there more of a balance there than flat with... earthers walk around? What are we doing? Right. <laughs> all you can all you can really do. What is are just, we doing? All you can really do is just let society shun them. That's all you can do. But that's that you can't make get a law. You done. can't police it. It doesn't get anything done. That's the only way you can do it. The because only- the, the moment you make a law or the moment you start policing it, those laws and that policing gets enforced in a completely different way than you think it would be. No. The get old- creative with it, though, the- Morgan. Get creative with the way you police. You can use some of the tools that we've discussed here in 79 plus episodes. If we could 80 plus episodes. Thanos snap all the crazy fucked up people in the world, we the population would probably <laughs> go down by two thirds. Yes. We can't do that. The no. only thing we can do is it, it's a fight. It's a fight worth fighting for is to better educate people. And to help them basically understand things like the scientific method, uh, learn how to basically think in a way that has you look at something the most logical way possible. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's all we can do, Sasha. Then I, what you, I, I would what like you to need is a, it's it's a mental condition. It's it's mental unhealthy. Okay, so you need a Marvel movie that's gonna get that point across through its themes and motifs, Miguel. What instead I'm of all is, this fucking Captain America bullshit that gets them rallied up even more and thinking that um What I'm saying is that's magic is the only way you're gonna be able to get rid of people who are okay, remarkably then, stupid. And that's not practical or pragmatic. So the only thing we can do is again fight the bullshit. The magic like, of the movies. Like well we only thing we can do is call it out and make fun of it. Honestly, that's no. the, that's the superficial thing we can do is call it out and make fun of it. The other thing we can do George is, Carlin was doing that for twenty five years and it didn't get anything done. As smart as and as creative as he was with tackling stupidity societal issues that he experienced in his time and making fun of the crowds that were coming to his shows right in front of their faces, they laughed along with it. And I mean the the infamous uh, golf course um, little segment where he talks about how golf is the most ridiculous game and the people that are playing <laughs> on it are so f- – and everybody's going crazy. That They left that amphitheater that night. They didn't go petition for their cities to turn their golf courses into homeless. That's because uh, it was a joke. Mm. It, it's an mm. it's pointing out an something that's very ironic about – Something a lot of people do. Yeah, but George, it, it's Carlin, not it's not political commentary on whether golf courses and golf should exist or not. It is exactly that no, it's from not George that. Carlin. That's exactly no, what not. he was doing. No, it's not. It's exactly what he was doing. That's what people. That's what rappers no, do. That's not what he's doing. That's not are, what he's doing at all. I hate that you even take that from George Carlin. That's exactly what he was. Doing. That is not what he was. What doing are you at saying all? he was doing? Okay, if trying we, to get rid of golf and golf courses by talking about this in his show—that's retarded. Well, if you listen, <laughs> I mean that is retarded. If you listen to the conviction that he has in yeah, his that's monologue, po- that's called being good at what you do. Well, you have to and actually more, believe the it more to be good at what oh, you do. Bullshit. I don't. I can be. Conv- I can have great conviction about something I don't even believe in. Try. And I can make. I do it all the time. Do you know how many practical jokes I pull? <laughs> I mean, I no. pull life. 
<laughs> well, yeah, but these aren't so, the, these aren't exerted yes. on society. This is your. I this is your oh, Really, you don't think they are? Do it. Tell me more. Our show will go through the roof if you start sharing oh, no, 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 no. the practical jokes that you pull on, on society out there. Okay, George Carlin was a political comedic satirist, but he had a deep understanding of the issues that were going on in the world then. And he just chose comedy as his outlet for getting his thoughts out. On I mean, on it, that's some, all. On some level, wasn't there maybe Morgan? Maybe on some level, there was a hope in his head that maybe I will make a change by pointing out this bullshit. Not just golf, through but comedy. all the things he talked about. Well, Poverty. Okay, through something like acceptance or in, or the language or something like that. Sure, through the sport of golf. No, it's a joke. It's a joke. But the bigger picture is that he was very anti-establishment. He was very anti-religious so okay he was so, very anti-elitist i mean george carlin was at the time like one of the before bill hicks before all of those guys who hicks, sort of they didn't piggyback but they were influenced by him greatly he was kind of the stand up against the man comedian my favorite quote by him was it's a big club what's wrong with that it, you know? Yeah, well, there, there's nothing wrong with that. But to think that everything he says <laughs> is telling people they need to think this way is not correct. It's not correct. I, I didn't say he said that he, he wanted that. It was just his way of going about sharing his opinion. And if it did influence what people, he, liked he was to do okay is, with is it. He liked to look at what was going on in the world and then poke fun at it. Point out the, the the small things that were dumb. Take the Ten Commandments and knock them down to three. Talk about the seven words you can't say on television. He did those sort of things to bring awareness, but he's not telling you stop all golf with his golf routine. No, let me pause here. Let me, <laughs> let me see if we can find the George Carlin golf routine. If you're pausing, I'm gonna steal your Wi-Fi password because I can't do it. I was trying to no offense hack it, but we'll be back with the George Carlin golf segment <laughs> from 1993's <laughs> HBO special. George Carlin shits on golf. All right, I'm not gonna bore the people with a three and a half minute segment. They should Google or YouTube George Carlin's golf segment so they can come to their own deduction. What I was, we just watched it here. Morgan and I did. Miguel was, um, fan, he was. I was studying taking, my soaps. I was taking a shit. Or lack thereof. <laughs> yeah. Um, so we, we watched the segment. and My stance on it was that a comedian is somewhat married to their material. And for the most part, I hope so, believes in what they're saying, even though they can turn it into something comedic. That's kind of the art of comedy is taking something serious for a lot of folks or something uh, realistic or true to life that can then be made light of and be turned into something that makes people laugh. And when he was talking about golf courses, well, he also I, was starting to go on to talk about cemeteries. Yep. And is that In the not same so, vein? So what's wrong with turning cemeteries into low cost housing places? Poltergeist. You ever seen that? No. Movie? <laughs> I just saw that. Speaking yeah. of comedy. <laughs> See, you should be a comedian because that's funny. We can uh, the golf part. I agree with the the graves and cemeteries. Not okay. so much. Yeah, you know, that like, was. I don't want. I don't need to desecrate somebody's grave to get cheap housing. That was Morgan's right. The point of that. 
fucking movie. <laughs> Poltergeist. Yeah. The the point of a lot of the supernatural movies where it's Don't degradation of the dead. The dead yeah, man. exactly. Don't respect the dead. You bite you in the ass, right? Um. So what I what I was saying before going into this is that the audience's reaction to him suggesting that we should turn the majority of the golf courses that occupy so much land in this country into low cost housing. And that would be an effective means of doing it. Got this uproarious, just applause from the crowd that was packed, packing this amphitheater, probably full of middle-class folks and up because the ticket prices, as you suggested, were in the hundred dollar. No, that's middle-class necessarily. In 1992, going to an HBO film, George Carlin stand up. Well, it's probably in the middle of New York. Okay, so it's probably upper class. Probably. Okay, and they're going nuts for this suggestion. Because they all play golf. Not because they agree with... And they think what he's saying is funny. Hmm. Otherwise, why are you going to see a comic if you don't think what... You know, you're not going there to be entertained. I think, I mean... And you probably would have to do some research, but he might have said something about golf courses prior to that show, and him just mentioning golf courses... At the actual show, probably threw people in into a, a tizzy as well. I think that on one hand, he probably was indignant genuinely about golf courses because he's a comedian. You write what you know and you write what pisses you off and the yeah. things you observe. You're an observant comedian like he is. You're going to criticize the aspects of society that probably piss you off. To what extent, though, Sasha? I thought he he thought he was actually going to influence people to stop playing golf. Oh yeah, I no. have no idea. Oh sure, probably absolutely. not. He knew that those wankers who like who were in the audience actually played golf weren't actually going to stop doing what they're fucking doing and well, no. suggest that that core be given up to what I would like, which is the families. Like, remember on falling down? Oh yeah, he yells at those fucking old fart golfers. Absolutely, there oh. should be families here. Exactly that. Mm-hmm. See, that was funny. That scene was funny. The scene was great. But he ends up giving the guy a heart attack at the same time, which is kind of funny. Well, yeah, he's he the old bastard dies saying my golf course. Right, that was funny. Yeah, he tells him now you're gonna die with that stupid hat on. <laughs> Classic movie. Love that movie. Um, that segue to George Carlin was spurred by you saying that one phrase that I don't drive with. So far. It's not on your bingo card. It's not like you've said it a million times. But you said we should just let society deal with it. Yeah, you got to let society as a whole deal with things They like don't this. deal with things anymore. But anything outside of that is just flat manipulation. And I don't know that that's right. What if you're separated from society? Yeah, I don't know that that's right. That's manipulation. What do you mean by separating from society? What do you do? You, again, you want to put these people like they're like the, do you want to like try to figure out and. Oh, no, be- when it comes to problem resolution, like let's just say there's 20 major issues yeah. that uh, need to be resolved in the United States of America. We all inhabit this land. We're all allowed to come up with our own problem resolution um, charts of what we think is an issue in America and a track to resolving it. What Morgan's saying is that for some of these problems, we should let society handle it. Like I the mean, pr- the problem of willful ignorance, for one. Well, I mean, superficially, mm-hmm. first and foremost, what's the first thing that comes to mind when it comes to people trying to solve problems with, with abilities? It's voting. Every single time. Yeah, no we, thanks. What, what I'm saying <laughs> doesn't is, get anything done. 
what I'm saying is, though, is that that's like the first and foremost example. It's exemplary of society giving it's performative i think it's bullshit yeah. too but still though it's it's an example of where society can sort of at least try to have an influence and all those True. nutters that we saw and at our thing here in dallas um they're all going to vote we know they're all going to vote and so it's a responsibility the real solution is the real discrimination that is <laughs> taking place is for the people who are not stupid or crazy and irrational thinkers to, to stop being so apathetic that's where the real evil is the people who aren't intelligent and who could be having a positive influence our society saying, I don't Excusing give a, I, it. I don't give a shit. Yeah. We're saying, I don't how give can, a shit. How, how can you be on this side of the fence when we've had so many talks about letting poor behavior fly under your radar and just allowing it and excusing it? Well, that's, that's in my realm of influence. I can... I can say something specifically to that. It makes somebody feel bad or stupid sure. or... Maybe I can educate them. I don't know. Um, what I'm suggesting I did it again today, actually. <clears throat> but your realm of influence may be broader than you're suggesting, or at least some other folks may have a broader range of influence. And when it comes to issues like this, you can see where there is no influence. I don't think society has influence or sway on these things. And if they do, it takes well, they generations do. of time. Like these people probably have kids. These people probably mm. have other people around so them. So wait around and so, for 30 years well, for when, their kids to see how when they, their parents When they see this stuff on TV, they're probably talking trash to their parents. Like, oh my God, you're so embarrassing. What do you think you're doing? It's already having an influence on them. Their kids aren't going... Wow, it was so great to see you on TV and JFK didn't show up? How do we know? <laughs> how do we know? I, mean, that? I don't know. Well, I mean, yeah. What if they brainwashed I mean, their kids? That's a possibility, but Some generally the, yeah. you don't like the same things your parents do or you're not into the same things. You want to be independent. It, it was scary. There were some teenagers there. So that, that was a reflection of the fact that probably. Well, they did have. Some of them had influence on their kids. Some of them are really embarrassed and they probably weren't there. I think it goes deeper into that just human need to be quote unquote part of something bigger. Yeah. That's what it is. It's and these it's, people who I think have empty lives and they're willing so desperately to be part of something bigger that they're allowing rationale and just, just logical thinking to be cock blocked a hundred percent by wanting to be part of something bigger like Morgan said, and they're willing to just suspend logic and reason to be part of it. It's, it's nuts. It's sad. But what my deductive mind says is that we're at the tail end of this and that's why we're witnessing the extreme of the extreme. I thought about that too. I'm hoping that we're, there's, there's no, be such there's a backlash. No, but there's we're, no way we're, we're at the tail end. Oh, we're at the tail end of no the, uh, we are because it's niche, it's niche tribalism now. It's, it's specific, it's JFK's coming back from the dead and he's going to be president tribalism. How can you get crazier than that? You can, but you can't get, it doesn't get more, it doesn't have a variance of extreme. Like if extreme is at the end of the spectrum and it's, um, I'm going to try to phrase it. Okay. If I'm on board with thinking we're at the tail end, then it's the very extreme of irrational thought and behavior. Okay, so you go from something like flat earth to something like this. They're kind of in the same block of nutbag is what I'm suggesting. However, if you go backwards in time and you look at what was considered extremism 
15, 20, 30 years ago. It's not quite as extreme. Really? So, yeah. Drinking Kool-Aid to catch the spaceship? That's not that's more that's not more extreme than this. It's rooted in the belief in cosmic something, entities. Something bigger. Yeah, it's, but that's rooted in something that we still don't know whether it's true or not. We know JFK's not coming back. We're not a hundred percent sure if those people didn't get beamed. Oh my god! <laughs> well, I mean, aliens. We 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 feel right. confident. So it's it's like you can attach yourself. Some you watch the Heaven's Gate documentary, and for the first thirty to forty five minutes, you're like, these guys weren't so nutty. It's when they talk about it's when they get to the suicide pact and the Kool Aid drinking, and well, yeah, all of that that it shifts. But at first. You watch the first 30 to 45 minutes of that documentary, and it's like, okay, they just believed in something more than what they were experiencing here on Earth, and they wanted to bring everybody along and share that experience with them. That's It may be rooted in the same sort of fervor and tribalism, but it's not rooted in the same ignorance. Not rooted in the same ignorance. It turned out to be mindfully absent in execution but it wasn't rooted in the same ignorance that joe bob waking up said i'm gonna walk down to founders i think it is i think it's the exact same thing there's no rational baseline while there is a rational baseline in religion, there is rational baselines in believing that there's aliens in space yeah. that may be interested in humanity. There's there's rational deductions based on based on evidence that you can pull. But that from doesn't some make it the, that doesn't make it less than extreme. Wise. It makes it even more extreme because death occurred. Death has not occurred here. But that's extreme. It didn't sacrifice anything. On the lawn. If we're talking extreme and different notions here. I started with the fact that I think we're at the tail end of this because and it's, it's and I'm really saying there's no way this is the this is more the beginning or the middle, but there's no way we're getting towards the tail end of people thinking crazy shit and doing crazy. But shit. what we're there's seeing no now way. is blatant lies from the jump. Whereas it took a while to get to the irrational well, that's because, misinformation. That's because everybody has social Got media it. today. That doesn't mean it was any different 30 years ago or 40 years ago or 50 years ago. It makes it easier to flush it out. I don't know. It makes it easier to talk people into seeing things your way. Morgan, if somebody started a religion in 2021 and it was based in, in something ridiculous, would it fly under the radar to the point where Jim Jones could invite thousands of people to Guyana and uh, they could all kill themselves a month later? No. Society wouldn't allow it. Let me back absolutely, up. They would absolutely allow it. And in fact, no, it, would just be on, it would just be a bigger group that went over there to kill impossible. themselves. Impossible. No. It's not impossible. The, the most that extremism could get away with now is these little pockets of going out in their little townships and acting like jackasses. But if they go any further, they know there's a watchful eye. Whether it's the internet, whether it's surveillance, whether it's a camera saying we won't allow um, a guy like Jim Jones to hop on a plane to bring uh, hundreds of people with him because that we could have absolutely happen. It couldn't. It absolutely could. There's. I don't know why you think somehow that would be stopped today. It would be by who? By the same people that are stopping 
in preventing atrocities from occurring. No one on would, that level. No one would have stepped in on that. Well, in fact, he would have had five or ten airplanes today then instead what of you're just gonna, one. Then what you're going to have to see in order for me to be right on this one, because I know we can't say that I'm right right now, <laughs> um, in five, ten, fifteen, twenty years, when nothing terrible happens, and I come back and say, huh, I mean, I told you so, then I'll have... You'll have bent the truth, and you'll be ignoring several things that happened that don't fit your narrative. No. That's what will happen. I think you guys are part I, can't, I wish I could unveil my entire narrative to you. Well, I think in, in a way, you're, you're, kind of, <laughs> you're kind of both right about half of what you're saying. I believe Morgan is right when he talks about the influence because of the freaking internet would be so much more widespread. A guy like – the scary thing is it's a double-edged sword. Because a guy like Jim Jones today, Morgan's right, would have a bigger influence because of the internet. He would have a million followers. They'd be willing to be doing crazy shit. However, however, even though his reach would be better because of the internet, he'd have more his followers. criticism would be as well. That's what I was going to say. I think that right now, <laughs> that, like, there's such a backlash. People are burned out by crazy that I think law enforcement and I think that Interpol would get involved and be like, if Kenneth you know Copeland, if Kenneth Copeland tried to fly out 500 people to a remote island for a secret gathering and he had to publicly disclose it through an email or something do you think it would be allowed i think the, yes no it would absolutely 100 percent be allowed i think the feds would go after him 150 unless he's unless you should know this unless he is breaking a law which he isn't hmm. by flying somewhere they can't do anything about oh, it. oh what i'm saying is that we could tap into his true motivation and we could tap into his true there's no way Absolutely. Nope. If 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 there was anything that I mean today, because it's again it's a double edged sword. Something might come out by one of his closest followers. Like Jim Jones had two people next to him all the time. They knew Who everything knew he was going to do. do. Somebody would leak that, and the feds would be like, "Okay, 100%. we know, we know through this email when somebody has sold you out that you are planning on not only poisoning yourself but all these people." That would be fucking 100%. illegal. This is why and they I would think, know it. This is why I, it's not illegal until it happens. If there's an email, Morgan, that says I'm planning on basically having myself and all these people kill themselves. Right. Well, I have a freedom of speech and that is protected (laughs) by saying that it is. And I can just say it's a joke. That's not illegal, gentlemen. Well, then. Then, I mean, Morgan, that's how they're able to nail people who basically make threats against the president. Freedom of speech only goes to a certain amount. You can't yell. You can't yell fire in a crowded theater. You can't say I'm going to go kill the president. See, this is why we don't make progress on these things is because they're they're all excusable in, in some written law that is somewhat well, antiquated and has you not wanting, aged well. You were wanting to make all these laws and this policing to where Modernized. only a certain set of people benefit, where Good the people? majority of people don't benefit. Bad people. And <laughs> it's just 100% unrealistic. <laughs> It's not. It's not moving what's society un- forward. What's unrealistic about uh, about amending laws to represent a modern time and a future, as opposed to catering to a past that has been somewhat like uh, in a way? I want. I want what you the want. We live. I, I, I think I want the world to go the way you're going, so that you will see how absolutely 100 percent wrong it will turn out. <laughs> well, seriously, you'll see the miss interpretation of law you'll see the miss but i've seen that for eons right it's not stopping just because you make a law but reasonably speaking and based on deductive critical thinking if it's resulted in this because of the way that you are continuing to support 
will not change, then clearly I have a baseline for what needs to change. Because if I want to see the opposite result of what has been, then I simply have to put things into effect that are the opposite of what has occurred. If, if you're talking about 10 people, you can absolutely have that control. When you are talking about more than, I don't know, a thousand people, you do not have that control. You cannot have that control. It works. It's trickle Where? down opposite. It doesn't trickle. It's the opposite. We all know trickle down doesn't work. Or trickle down doesn't work, but trickle up does. <laughs> <laughs> what is that? Oh, not trickle up, but um, virality, I think, uh, works. I mean, we've been proven that it works just through the internet. And through the fact that something that starts between two, three, four, five people can turn into 10, 15. I mean, it's the way viruses work. So you really just have to work like a virus in a good kind of way. But all that's short term. It's not long term. Yeah. Well, I mean, we're talking about, no, terrible segue. COVID's going to be here for a while. (laughs) It's going to be here for a long time. Some viruses stay with us permanently. Chickenpox, right? You mentioned that. Mm-hmm. Not question too is, long ago. It stays with is, us forever. Is, so work like chickenpox in a uh, mentality sort of way. Impact impact people like chickenpox. <laughs> It'll turn into shingles later. <laughs> you don't like it, but it can work. And it, it just depends on the situation. I mean, right now we're as a society, I think for the most part, we're we're sort of handling the QAnoners by laughing at them, making viral videos and pointing out their stupidity. That's not just them, Miguel. Well, I mean, there's a lot of stupid people in our society that we're choosing to sort of our solution is that's how we feel better about it, is just to make fun of them. There's not much else we can do on a practical or pragmatic level. So but let's the, think but, non-practical and non-pragmatic. Well, that's the Fed's problem. What's wrong with that? Because what they're basically doing is they're looking at these nutters and they're trying to they're vetting them. They're paying close attention to their social media feeds. Good. And they're seeing, okay, which one of these nutters is going to be the next guy who drives up <laughs> to DC in front of the, the Library of Congress thinking it's the damn White House and threatens to blow right. it up. That guy had bombs and weapons in his in his van or truck, whatever he was in. So that's what they're doing. Okay, those are the ones we really have to worry about. You talk about we need to remove them from our society. The only practical thing you can do is pay close attention to them and find out which one of them are actually physically dangerous and then nail those people and try to extract them out of society. That's the only practical thing you can do. Sometimes you have to be careful, though, because you can end up with like a Ruby Ridge situation. Morgan said earlier, there's nothing much you can do until the crime happens. Well, I mean, look at Ruby Ridge and David Koresh. I mean, that was a disaster. The way that was like looking at those particular instances because they do show well they highlight what overzealousness from the government agencies could look like in these types of instances i i but they didn't have ai they didn't have technology in 92 or in ruby ridge was 89 and uh, waco was 92 waco was 93 92 93 yeah yeah because it was before the Oklahoma City bomb. They didn't have the stuff that could snuff message board chats and stuff That's like that. because internet wasn't even I know. Internet was around, just, really, I don't think. But let's slow. leverage the tools that we have, which I'm sure we are. Look, when I applied for every federal government <laughs> security agency that I could possibly yeah. apply for out of college, my pipe dream was tackling the nutcases like physically and figuratively speaking like literally stopping that sort of stuff from happening yeah i don't remember what 
what spurred me, it wasn't necessarily 9-11. It was, but it was on the heels of that. And I was interested in stopping that sort of atrocity on all scales as quickly as possible. And at that time, the internet wasn't even a huge thing. And I didn't have the comprehension of like it being factored into the equation of, of this, which now I do, obviously, through multiple monologues on this program about how I think uh, technology can kind of do it all for us if we let it. Um, and there's nothing wrong with it if you code it for not being overzealous and not like jumping the gun and waiting. What? I think it's all possible, and um, I think it breeds a future that a lot of people would be intrigued in participating in as well. I still don't, I mean, I don't know also if I agree with you when you talked about we're at the tail end of it. I I, I don't know about that, but I I do feel like there's a backlash that's growing in our society towards crazy. I think people are burned out. I think people are sick of these nuts. And again, on a superficial way, what we choose to do first and foremost, like says to make fun of them. But I think that there is a backlash building. I think that people are just, we're just sick of them. We're just sick into their bullshit. We're sick of them having these rallies and we don't know what to do with them other than make fun of them. Um, and, and I think that that's, that's all we can do for now is just, just confront them and call out their bullshit, and make fun of them, do whatever we can. But what I worry about are, is the growing number of those who feel so galvanized by their own bubble that they have physical motivation that they would do crazy shit that makes January 6th look like an Easter egg. Sure. Hunt. That's what I'm worried about. You know, it's it's crazy because we we I've learned um, that the the feds have talked about this for the last eight years that the number of white supremacists and extremist uh, groups has exploded exponentially over the last decade. Right. Um. And and I think to myself, well, have they really exploded, or do they just have a louder voice than they ever have? Because we've always had they've been nutters. given a louder voice than they ever have because it's politically polarizing and that's to show exactly, them to talk to them to obviously. let their shit spread. Yeah. See, that's the, scary that's, the but that's the kabuki theater aspect that you always refer to. I mean, they need their audience, Miguel. They need the people that flood the theater to watch the kabuki theater. Otherwise, the theater's empty and they don't have yeah. a revenue stream. So that is all superficial to me. That I, I pretty much just throw it out the window and say everything that's going on in the theater of politics, it's last ditch effort to sort of keep that infrastructure afloat because it's dying out just like a lot of things are dying out in my opinion um the extremism the ability to consciously wake up in the morning and say i'm gonna go shoot up a school or i'm gonna go shoot up an office building dwindling because there's a pressure coming down from the top on those people that they should know that it's not as easy as it was in 96, 97. Now, where it gets intricate is where it's the individual and the spont- the spontaneous individual is the next frontier because you can get the guy who drives from Allen to El Paso. Yeah. Probably doesn't tell a single person that he's going to yeah, do those it are the because hard if he know. did, the people that he told should be as accountable as he is for those atrocities. Yeah. So if you start leveraging those, that sort of law and those sorts of threats and those sorts of, um, um, I guess, reprimands and um, potentialities for people like associates or accomplices, yeah. even through verbal communication or online communication, 
then you start getting what Morgan would like to see more of, uh, at least according to his previous rhetoric, people calling their friends out on bullshit yeah. yes. on a heightened level. I think that what you're also saying is, and this is what makes me, I agree, and it makes me hopeful, is that organized homegrown terrorism is probably harder to commit nowadays because of all the monitoring. Fifty percent. But uh, and if you're also saying that lone wolf terrorism is still a much bigger problem, I agree with that too. That's a scary thing. It is, but wasn't lone wolf terrorism always well? Wasn't it always kind of um, a thing? Mm, he's gonna disagree when I say this. Um, weren't those always like nut jobs? Yeah, by definition, that's what I'm talking about. Dumb nut jobs? Most of the time, yeah. The Unabomber but the Unabomber dumb. wasn't. The Unabomber well, was intelligent. Well, he was an extremely intelligent person. Yes, and I could argue that his motivations weren't necessarily at a baseline in the wrong place. They were just poorly executed, much like I think David Koresh's original baseline motivations you weren't listen, in yeah. the wrong place. But they David. turn into shitty execution. Well, I mean, yeah, you listen to David Koresh's early writings when he was like in the late teen, early 20s. He's a very intelligent person who didn't seem to have any malevolence about Read him. Read Ted Kaczynski's manifesto and the first 15 to 20 pages before he starts talking about exerting physical punishment on these establishments. They're not so extreme. But it gets there, though. It does that's get the there. Problem. That's the problem. Yeah, I mean, the baseline for a lot of people's ideas isn't automatically malevolent. What makes it malevolent, that's the important part, is how they fucking undertake it. That's exactly. what makes them terrorists. Right. Okay. So on one end of the spectrum, you've got the comedian, George Carlin, who <laughs> makes fun of everything that he sees a problem with. And on the other end of the spectrum, you've got the homegrown terrorist who blows shit up, blows shit up and <laughs> the stuff that he can't stand, he takes physical action against. The middle ground is not society. What is then? Something that we have not seen yet. <laughs> Someone who understands that, or some in, some community, doesn't even have to be an individual, a set of minds that understands the entire spectrum and can go from one to the other mentally and deduce the proper plan of action based on that. And execute it. Yeah. Without... Going from one extreme to the other. And again, the, then the, I mean, you're talking about a Vulcan, like we talked about, a Vulcan-like society cool. that recognizes the extremes and says, Let's begin. Here's the rational, logical thing to do in this city situation. Let's begin. What's wrong with this? Sure. Okay. I think there's a handful of people who think like that. The okay. problem is. That's all it takes. That has to grow. Because yes. what you have is a society that's basically, look. The biggest problem that the Western society has right now, I've always said this, is, is that too many people are obsessed with narratives over facts and there's not much social evolution after junior high. Like you, you talk to the people and I've, I've, as I was taking the dump, I was watching the video Maggie <laughs> said of the, the Q and honors here in Dallas. And the thing that they all have in common, even the ones who are more intelligent, like Morgan talked about, than the others or articulate, they still also, they still all sound like they were in junior high. They all sound like they're these yeah. scared angry kids looking for something to be self-righteous about yeah um and it's like how do you having a, a, a you don't need them but you say you don't need them what do you do with them it's like you're talking about building a society in which they can affect us these people can vote 
These people can um, – that's their world that they built and that they have chosen to partake in. Short of living in a Vulcan-like Jonestown – or Jonestown's a terrible connotation there. Okay, <laughs> not is. that. But short of, of living in a utopia. commune, a utopia, building that utopia. A mental utopia. You Even. can't. There's no such thing as a mental utopia because I cannot just. Well, connect. it has to be first in order for there to be a physical utopia. It has to be mentally sort of thought out beforehand. It's not just gonna. Sure, but that's pop not a, that's not a utopia though. The utopia, by definition, is a group of people living in a society that is not burdened by the negativity of the outside world. Right. You can't do that when we're sharing space with a bunch of fucking angry nuts. Sure, you can. How? How uh, do you? How do you do that when these people are? Well, voting? you can start with a Zen book, right, Morgan? <laughs> no but um that the that's kind of what i was talking about in the zen commentary from four or five episodes ago you do have to immerse yourself in the world first that you do see significant issues with you have to assimilate into it you have to experience it for x amount of time so that you can study it and you can deduce what needs to be corrected with it that doesn't mean you correct it for other people that means you correct it for yourself you starting with the individual but once you do that if you actually do pan out and correct it and nobody can really tell you if you have or you haven't unless they're god or yourself so once you have that awareness that oh, okay i don't really attach with that logic anymore I used to. I see how I've detached from that logic. I see how that logic is poisonous. I see how that, that ideology. particular ideology is a negative. I see what it's doing to other people. I see that I want nothing to do with that. I see I, that I I've worked on separating myself you, from you it. You can start off with basically detaching yourself from all the bad ideas. Yes. Sure. Problem is, is even smart people like Morgan will look at, I think, a lot of good ideas that people had, like the Zen masters we were talking about. Yeah, and even Morgan will laugh at it. No, Morgan will be cynical and he'll be like, they were doing, oh, they were trying to influence people. They had their own agendas. Think of Morgan is absolutely. Like, how do you feel that way about a guy who's basically, he, he, he spends his whole life without wearing shoes and carrying around everything he owns in a sack? Right. So like the, the bigger that, question is, how do you not feel that way about the rest of the world out there? I do. Okay. So, so what makes you choose that over your own independent route mentally? What do you mean? Well, you like to rebut sometimes when I say, I don't feel like I'm too externally influenced anymore. And you like to say, well, I bet you you're a lot more influenced than you think. Yeah. And then we never get into the conversation about like why I feel like I'm not or why you feel like I am other than probably surface level stuff. So my rebuttal to that accusation is like, you're very influenced by the world around you. If you have chosen to remain a part of it and not change it. That's to say you kind of like it. You're okay with it. You're okay with the 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 life that the world around you is gonna provide for it's, another it's thirty not, years. It's not that I'm oh, I'm, I don't care. It's apathy, not I don't anger. care. <laughs> don't like it. Don't hate it. I just don't care. But it's okay for other people to care. 
Yeah, but most of the time when they do that, they're not doing it for a genuine reason. Most of there's the time. That, there's that one awesome cynicism again. See, that's what they're going to ask Morgan. So the How last bit. <laughs> what I, I just want is just, it's just incredible to me that you can accuse somebody who is, like, again, a lot of these Zen masters, they wore no shoes. They wore <laughs> rags, and they basically carried their entire life in a sack. I'm supposed to accuse those guys of having superficial agendas? Those guys? I'm sure a couple of them had storage units. Probably. Maybe. <laughs> Filled it's with like th- those guys who had... Well, they, they built an image and, and had to portray the image. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. So, but that, that Otherwise, that is- why don't they just live by themselves in a hut with nobody doing all the same stuff without writing anything down, without doing it? it, it I'm sorry, guys, but that's influence. But they're just it doing bad? it in a different way. Is, is it? Is they're, it? They're rolling in mud and look at me. Okay. I'm free. I don't wear shoes. So, so if they if they do subscribe to your um, hope and they just do it on their own and isolated from the rest of society, what if everybody with what if everybody with the motivation to make a change and a difference in the world just did that? What would happen to the rest of the world? Because I'm one who believes that the world out there in reality is kind of being kept afloat by the balance of negativity and positivity. And if all the people who are optimists out there who see hope and who actually want to act on it and make a difference in the worlds around them, whether it be at home, in their communities or at school, if they just all of a sudden detach from the world that's just happy as and apathetic about all the shit that goes on and doesn't really care, then that shit does progressively get worse very quickly. And all of a sudden, you guys are probably just fucking duking it out against one another in the street. Maybe that's what needs to happen. Maybe the positive influence people can just go home. I mean, we do have COVID as a president. So we could just stay at home for a year and a half, say, please have the purge that you've wanted for so long and then in two years, we'll come back out of our bunkers, a.k.a. homes, and the world will be ours to do with what we seek and what we want to do, and you won't be able to even impact anymore. Because what something like that would um, get clear for me is whether or not you really meant it. Because I really mean it about changing the world for the better, but I'm not sure you really mean it about not caring. So what something like that, what, what, what an event like that would prove to me is whether or not apathy was a real thing because people care. They care at the last moment that they have possible to care about. But all of a sudden when that moment hits, whether it be, uh, drama at home, Tragedy in the family, tragedy that you observe with your own bare eyes, a car accident. All of a sudden, all the care chromosomes turn on, and all of a sudden, you care more about life. You care more about things changing. You care more, even if it's just for a flash, you care more about everything. That needs to be perpetual for apathy to prove to me that it's serious about not caring. Because without it, it's just a word. It's just you saying, ah, I don't really care. Now, I'm not saying you personally, but there are people out there who act like they don't give a shit. I want to see 
I want to see how they act when all of a sudden they have to give a shit because it's so close to home that it either turns on the give a shit button or the fact that they really were apathetic and they didn't give a shit this entire time. And if that's the case, if that's what comes out of it, Morgan, those people can be manipulated and it's not such a bad thing. Sorry. If they have no care in their bones, in their body, or in their soul for the way this world goes, for people that aren't even born yet, or the children that they've brought into this world, yeah, I have no problem with mind controlling the fuck out of them. (laughs) (laughs) All All the while ignoring your own sphere of influence? No, I don't do that. To the detriment of your own sphere. Well, I would say is that if you're truly I want to worried about the world around you, then and then it's then you know you almost can't have any care about yourself or anything around you okay. that's personal. Okay, so selflessness needs to be a through and through, almost uh, unconscious and conscious thing. And where do you start there? Please, please, Master Yoda, Zen Master Morgan, <laughs> where do you start with selflessness? I don't know. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> where you start with selflessness? You think? I, it, I mean, you're either selfless or you're not. I'm not a. I mean, it just depends on what. Right. I don't know on, on your environment where you grow up. Do you think, Morgan, there is a significant difference, at least somewhat of a notable difference, important one between positive influence and negative influence? Because your characterization, I've, I was entertained by you. You're like, well, it's still still trying to influence people. When you said that, well, it's still trying to influence people, that sounds like there's a negative connotation there. Like basically Buddha or whoever, whoever. Um, there was something wrong with the ideas he was putting out there. Or maybe not the ideas themselves, but there was something. Their ego, approach. Their, like, their, you, you said, to me, it came across as, as, as kind of criticism. Because you're like, well, they're still trying to influence people. But it wasn't a bad influence. I mean, I don't think Buddha was trying to negatively influence people. I think that he came across what he felt were some good ideas. Him and other Zen masters were like, hey, this is working for me. Let me put yeah, it but, out there. But when you break it down to when it all begins, right? Mm-hmm. It's all about the same thing. Control and power. Mm, what, all of it is. How, how do you think Buddha – do you think he's a guy like him or what if he Saki wanted Sobaba, to? People like him. Do you think that, that they – do you think they really cared about power? What if they wanted to do away with control and power and their means of approaching it was control and power? No. <laughs> the only way you have influence is control and power. Lasting influence. It's not true. It's not true. Really? Control. Could how you, do you define control and power? Well, um, it's based on what you see, right? It's based. Uh, how do you? How does Morgan define control and power? Because it's well, not like Buddha ha- built cities under his name, uh, in his name, like his Alexander did. the Great. Well, no. Well, they, they had. Well, they had yeah, temples. So you, they think, had, you think he didn't make the decisions on how the village ran? But we. You didn't. You don't think he made? I don't know. Really. I don't know. Look. It's funny. <laughs> it's funny that we go from that conversation to this conversation, um, the comedians and the audiences, and even what I was suggesting about celebrities, 
this is all one big talk about influence at the end of the day. And it's an important one. I've made it clear here that I don't seek influence for this program, for the show, for the things that I say. I don't want people, I don't want fans. Now, I understand that in order for us to grow in the society that we live in and make monetary revenue that would allow for you to be here two or three times a week to do this for fun even more, we do have to cater to wanting to see our fan base grow. But that's only based on what the fans dictate as far as them holding the keys to our growth and our success. I don't like handing that sort of privilege over to Mm. followers who misinterpret or who can misassess what's being said. Because if they do that, then in 30 to 40 years, Morgan, you could have a fucking city built in your name based on the things that you said here. FYI, the guy who started Buddhism was the son of a king and queen. Just FYI, he wasn't just some dirt peasant that started stuff. Anyway, sorry. Didn't mean to go back to my control and power. Doesn't that say something, though, that he was basically, he came from such important royalty and he was willing to give all that up? Or... He was. He knew things were changing, and he had to change the way he needed to be in order to influence people. I don't know. If, I, I don't think that worshiping of wealth has gone away, and people like him, I think that like were on the outside of of those standards. Has has worshiping of wealth never, no. ever, ever gone away? No. Even Buddhism couldn't get it to go away, despite its efforts and its emphasis on Zen and living a natural life it didn't change 99% of the folks who are just out there to make a buck and it could be that they got their asses kicked and all they <laughs> didn't have any money so this is how he rules now yes this is the better way to go without to suffer this is better Ooh, i don't know that suffering is oh really uh, well the definition of began to teach others the truths about of compassion for their suffering compassion for their suffering others teach others about their compassion for suffering right but that doesn't mean you suffer yeah you have there has to be suffering to have compassion for suffering no you have to have suffered at some point (laughs) right but who hasn't anyway that's the point i'm done talking about buddha (laughs) it's the dumbest thing ever what? I'm pretty the sure dumbest, there's a lot of dumber the, things. This is the dumbest conversation ever. <laughs> to think that a religion wasn't based on power and influence is, oh, I'm never no, going to convince no, you guys no, no, ever. No, to think that everything else moving forward would have to be is the dumbest thing ever. No, it's, so it's, sorry. it's not being realistic. Whatever the next great thing is, is being done for influence and power and sometimes and money. But if Morgan, if I tell you that I've got the great next big thing. Let me let me show you my my documents here. Uh, I've got thousands of pages of the next great big thing. And you sit here and you question me for a whole day. I give you the opportunity to put me to the test of what you whatever your gauge for power and influence is. And I pass the test. Then what do you have to say after that? Like if I don't if I don't seek power or influence, what do you have to say? Well, then I'm lying not, to myself. Well, then you wouldn't write the document. 
that's just me getting it out. That's just me caring enough about what I have okay, to but, say. But that's the that's the question. Why do you need to get it out? Because I love to hear myself talk. <laughs> okay, but you can do that in a room by yourself and listen to yourself talk. Why do you need to get it out? Why do you need to get it on Twitter? Why do you have to do it in a podcast? Why do you have to get it out? So What's I can have mean? evidence that I said it. So you can influence. It's no. okay. I don't want it's to influence okay. anybody. You absolutely do. Because if you didn't, we wouldn't even be talking. What's with the negative? Is there Morgan, let me ask I you. I don't want people to... To ever have a leg up on something that I said, I don't ever want somebody to be able to say, "Oh, is this what you meant?" When too I late, ha- that happens. Everyone listens. I don't and feel hears they're entitled to it. Let, let me just ask you this: Can can the ability or can the longing or the ambition to influence others come from a benevolent place? Well, sure. Yeah. See, that's just part I wanted to clarify because when you talk about it, it's, well, it's still influence. Again, that, that came from – it sounded like a, there was a negative connotation there. It, it is in a, in a lot of ways. I mean like we're all negative towards billionaires, right? No. We're not? There, no. There's you good, don't like Elon Musk? I don't like him. doesn't mean no. I want him off of this planet even though he wants to go himself. So, I mean two birds, one stone. It just depends. I mean I'm, yeah. sa- I'm saying a lot of the people that, that get trashed are – being trashed because of their power and influence. <sighs> really? That's the only way you even know who they are is because they have power and influence. Was Jesus an egotistical piece of shit? There's the question. Because- I think so. <laughs> Absolutely. I, I say no. <laughs> Absolutely. Laura gets like, yeah, he was bastard. I say no. He says yes. I mean, th- this is a... That's fascinating. But this is a conversation. This is a conversation that he'll be bored with if we dive into it. And uh, we should, because nobody's had that conversation. Well, maybe they have. That's interesting, right. though, to say that Jesus was basically egotistical, because you could argue that he was, but at the same time, he was only talking about being benevolent, wasn't he? Uh, he for did the most part. For yeah. the most part. He did. There's that one famous line that says, do not, uh, do not think that I have come to this world right. bearing, uh, for I have come bearing a sword. Well, there were also well, a lot of... He figured out, instead of having to There's a lot of tribalism dirty, in Jesus' rhetoric, too. And, and farm or, or be around animals, I could just talk shit to people and I can live. <laughs> um, you're not wrong. I know I'm not. Because he wasn't the first to do it. Yeah, but there was some actual merit to some of the things he was saying that's the telling good stories about people and how they should live great but it's also fear-based that's not better act nice or a a flood will come but it was fear-based based on what he was experiencing in his life and what he was seeing other people experience it was the opposite of apathy it was fear-based to get people to think the way he thought no because they wouldn't have believed him unless they experienced it as well that's the whole point with him is that he was able to tap into this communal experience that people were having simultaneously and actually address it and poetically speak on it via storytelling and Uh, you don't know that he was poetic you don't know that oh well, yeah. Okay. He had to have been at least some kind of articulate to have a following. Yes. Uh, to have a, what? I, I, look, if I wanted to have a following, I could get a following. I could start a show. <laughs> Wait, dude, let's try this. <laughs> <Dude. laughs> I mean, if I wanted to, I could. I Wasn't can... there a documentary or something about that, about a guy who said he wanted to see if he could start a cult and see how successful it was? <laughs> Morgan could do it. There was. I mean, I will document that, Morgan. See if you start a fucking cult. Yeah, the FBI would knock on his door within a week and a half. <laughs> it was Yes, they would. Would not either. Is this the guy with three bins full of 80s porn? Yeah, they're coming with us. <laughs> That's a fun cult. 
<laughs> yes, the <laughs> '80s porn cult. They cut the '80s. <laughs> and then if you bring something, I'll start with the '80s. The, the old w- '80s porn actresses. The women have to have bushy. No, oh. that's not '80s porn, sir. That's it's '70s. Like porn. '70s. Oh, that's oh, that's so right. funny. In the in the '80s porn yeah. cult, if you show up with something that came out in 1990, <laughs> you are banished. You are not allowed. <laughs> How dare you show up with Ron Jeremy 1991? Right. Oh, my God. There's different types of influence. There's a there's influence of, hey, I love thy brother or yeah. love thy neighbor. And there's, hey, I'm trying to groom this girl like Drake does. Right. Okay. So <laughs> speaking of FBI closing in on folks. God dang it. I like how you said, oh, you're up on that, Miguel. Dude, everyone right. knows best. It's like a running joke amongst my nephews. Like one of my nephews. How much of it is rooted in misinformation? No, I saw the text, bro. Are you about Let's, to uh, defend him? It's a lot of it's probably exaggerated, but I saw the text, bro. Come on, you're you're, you're thirty and you're texting a fifteen year old girl saying, "I can't wait for you to become 18. Well, I, um, yeah. okay, no, yeah. I tell my nieces, I want you to freaking stay. Kid. The text said, "The text said, I can't wait for you to turn 18. That was one of the things he had said. Well, I'll bring Did him it up. I'll I'll show you the Drake All text. Right. No, nah, I'm not text, about bro. to. <laughs> He's my fellow countryman. We There's were, other cool Canadians besides Drake, Sasha. You don't got to defend his ass. Nasty ass. <laughs> <laughs> I used to like Drake. And then I saw the text and I saw the way he was with other young girls. And I'm like, dude, come That's on, that, man. Who else is getting in trouble for that? Um, oh, I don't know. It's probably a lot. Like there's a statutory rape trial going on right now. Huh? The celebrity? Yeah. Um, what's his name? Tell me something he was in, Morgan. That's all you needed to. Uh, I don't know. I was about to say, you know, talking about, the name talking about Matt Gates, because yeah. that's that's going to be a flood when that levy breaks, from what I hear. Um, I they're all going to sell anyway. each other. Maybe you're ahead of the ball on it, and you're disclosing too much. Yeah. Oops, Morgan. Yeah, you need to let out some shit, and yeah. your boys are going to be mad. Maybe at that's it. coming out next month. Yeah. <laughs> Good. Can't remember where I saw that. Go, re- reel it back a little bit. Check, I have to do that often. Room. The number of going back, we talked touched about this last time I was here. The number of of famous men who should know better, who are living in a fishbowl, who are still impulsively willing to commit some stupid crimes and do fucked up shit. Can't help it, man. Is incredible to me. It's like no one should be doing this because you're married and you're you know in your thirties. Yet you are in a fishbowl and you are doing some creepy shady shit that you know this girl's gonna put on fucking Reddit tonight. Yep. Look what Drake texted me. Look at what James Franco sent me. It's his bush, and he's asking to see mine when I'm 15. Are they still actively doing that, or is this all retroactive? What do you mean? Um, you mean other people so other than if, ones that got busted? Yeah, so even if it's like, let's just say it's 2015, uh, previous to 2015. Yeah. And they were just aloof to the fact that they're... Like I was aloof when I was writing rap songs in 2007. That in 2021, was going to age well. I, per, me using a a particular slang appropriately, mind you, and not addressing it in a sexual way or sexual orientation. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> but let's just say that pre 2015, these celebrities had no clue that um, the we were going to be able to tap into cell phones yeah. and acquire their texts, and women were going to come. Isn't that evidence as well that over time there are going to be less of those sorts of people making those conscious decisions because we, they're so well aware that it's, it's easier than out. ever? Yeah. yeah. I think so. 
I think that 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 the Me Too thing humbled a lot of guys, and they're like, "I'm not taking a risk. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to be an idiot." But the impulsive ones are always still going to be there. I remember when I was young. That's what we just said about the terrorism as well. They the can't impulsive, help it. They the impulsive ones are still going to be there. How do you tackle the impulsive ones in this uh, Me Too style of? You, uh, keep, you keep an eye on them, and they're easy to nail. Uh-huh. Do you remember uh, what was that? To Catch a Predator. Yeah. One of the funniest, most pathetic episodes was that son of a bitch who basically, he got nailed and he goes back and tries to meet another 12-year-old girl at some shopping center. And then Chris Hayes goes up to him. He goes, let me just say, I have never, ever seen anything like this. We just spoke to you four days ago. I'm here shopping for my mom. (laughs) It's like, no, bro. We just, we got the text. Of you sexting a girl you thought was 12 after four days when we busted you ago. It's like, there's guys like that are always going to exist. That they are so impulsive that they they cannot help themselves. They're going to do stupid shit. After getting trapped, they're still going to do it four days later. How much of that is rooted in genetics? Could be a little bit, maybe. You think so? You're saying there's people who are genetically predisposition to not be able to control their own impulses sure perhaps well that's a broad well, spectrum but even fine-tune it to sexual uh deviancy it, with a minor it could be you just feel superior in that relationship like you have control of it where does that come from you know, a lot being, being human <laughs> or maybe something happened to you when you were young I mean, that's that's not where it comes from. So maybe something happens to them. Because there were young. five foot two men who looked like shriveled up dicks themselves on that show. And they certainly, that's a little bit, maybe it's the inverse. Maybe it's the fact that rejection has led them down that road. No, there's plenty of guys who were rejected who aren't pedophiles. Oh no, plenty, I know. Yeah, that's true. Plenty. Yeah. But I guess what I'm trying to say is we shouldn't, um, box them into a certain I'm trying to tackle all of the precursors that lead up to that situation on the, on to catch predator. I mean, the FBI has uh, psychological profiles for people who could be potential predators. Some mm-hmm. of them, most of them were molested themselves and they were young yeah. or they had a horrible relationship with their mom and dad were abused. The ones that are truly horrible are the ones that the scary ones were not molested as kids. They did not have an abusive relationship with anyone. What was that movie with Nicolas Cage? Where eight millimeter? Yeah. Remember this? That guy at the end. He says, "I wasn't molested. Yeah. I wasn't terrorized. What I was wasn't his bullied. reasoning? I don't remember. He says, "I like to do what I do because I like to do what I do." Okay. So that's scary. Oh, based on, come on, we we have internet histories of these folks now. Well, yeah, come but on. but this should be easy. Sure, but. Again, like Morgan was talking about earlier, how it's not a crime until it's committed. Well, when it comes to this, it is because I mean, if you're, how does this differ? If it's, is it a crime before it's committed? Well, it just depends on the situation. If somebody could rightfully get busted for having kitty porn on their computers, okay, and so that's or even having a conversation. Maybe you should have be busted for having a sexual conversation with them. Well, that's the talk right now, though, is because there's a thing on Reddit called neckbeards where they make fun of these (laughs) creepy-ass fucking loser dudes. Not all, most neckbeards aren't pedophile, but there's a small sect of nerdy guys who they will basically screenshot their arguments online saying that the laws here in the U.S. for uh, dating girls under 18 is is just so it's orwellian and it's it rooted in catholic dogma it's like these guys are in their 30s and they're basically arguing online and they're easy to figure out who these guys are that we should be able to date 12 year olds mm. which is fucked well mm-hmm. what's that thing called it's not mensa 
Nambla. <laughs> Nambla. Nambla. I just saw a South Park episode about Nambla. These are guys who are Mambla, whatever the fuck it's called. Man Boy Love Association. Mm. So these guys organize online. People, you can find out who the fuck they are, man. Yeah. So it's not like we don't even need the sex offender list. You can go online right now before they become sex offenders. You can figure out who these fucking guys are arguing that you can date 10 year olds. So, I mean, you're right. It's, it's, it seems like we my know who strat- they are. It seems like my strategy for finding out if people are really about what they say they're about works here as well. And that they put themselves out there. You don't even have to get into their fucking computer. Like they're, they go on these online forums and they basically make arguments like that. Sometimes they think that they're, um, you know, in what's that? It's anonymous. Right. A lot of times they're not like they've, they've been on Reddit for 15 years and they've said something that's revealed who they are. And then they're in that fucking forum talking about, I should date a 12 year old or should be able to. Mm. So it's insane. It's a nuts. Don't you want, Hmm. Don't you want them to, those types of people to have the pressure even tightened further on them? Like to the point where what if we can retroactively access their conversations online and there's criminal ramifications based on just like we hold celebrities accountable? I mean, like we, we put Harvey Weinstein in federal prison for things he did in the past. He wasn't yeah. actively doing them as he was being. Um. Uh, yeah, he didn't cop- rape someone last stopped, year. But, well, yeah. but he wasn't doing it as he was sitting in a courtroom oh, behind the scenes. So there's precedent for being able to, when there's substantial evidence, say, okay, we're going to hold you accountable for transgressions from the past. Well, yeah, statute of limitations exists. Like if you killed somebody in... 40 years ago, and they Again, find out that you killed somebody. There's no statute of limitations for murder. There is with rape, which is kind of fucked, but there is. Really? Absolutely yes. there is. Absolutely. No, no, but with murder, there's there's no, no statute, statute of limitations on murder. Absolutely never. Ever. Good. So if you killed somebody when you were yeah, you're 19 still, and you're right. 70, you, will go, you can go to jail for that. And the only difference with rape is what? I don't know. Like when it comes to being able to go back and I guess is circumstantial evidence i because because her well i mean her comprehension of the event could change whereas if you're dead you're dead like let's say as disgusting as it like sounds donald, could be like, yeah like if if one of donald trump's ladies came out and said he raped me then we would have like the spotlight on uh now she's after his money or something like right that. it could change the narrative there's a, a messy bit. nuance and there's a there's well that narrative's always been changed i think when it comes to that sort of thing, yeah, yeah. and it also depends. You know, if, if somebody killed somebody, it's black and white. It is, but there you go. It's exactly. black and white. There's no gray Somebody's area. Somebody's dead. Yeah. Somebody's fucking dead. But if somebody was sexually assaulted, the people always ask, "Okay, were you drinking? Was he drinking? How old were you?" Oh, man. There's a million moving pieces to sexual assault that we're not comfortable talking about, but we know exist. AI is alien technology, man. You know why? Why? Because AI can occupy and bring black or white to the gray area it can figure it all out ai can unless it's in a private home can deduce whether rape was consensual or not who's behind the ai program and deciding you're deducing that it's already in place all we have to do is have the minds putting the pieces together of what transpired so let's say a woman gets raped in a hotel room 
we have the AI that leads up to that evening. We have camera footage that leads up to that evening. We probably have microphones that can tap into a wall um, on, from a computer on the other side of the bedroom wall that they're in that yep. can hear no's or screams or anything. It can, it can figure stuff out that we had to rely on the individuals involved with. It can add objectivity. We're talking about a precognitive nature to basically preventing rape. What's kind well, yes and no. This is after the fact. This is like if we want to get to the truth of what really occurred, we can leverage AI in that way as well. That could be like inevitable, with, but it's but like, take you. But how long are we going to back to apathy? How long do we sit around and say it's he said, she said, and whoever went like I just went through this in my divorce, and I I found it very um very dangerous to even contemplate that it could turn into a war of words. It always is. It's like, this is my version of this argument. This is your version of the argument. But it's, that's it, not in any What situation. sort of level of entitlement is that on the human level? Like, there's a truth there that is accessible. So who am I or who are you? Oh, or yeah. It's uh, in my line of business. It's about docu- nice. what you can document. <laughs> it's like, yeah, yeah, it's, yeah it's, it's about there, what you can document. There's, there's two truths. What? No. Yes. There always is. That's a human arrogance thing. There's two points no, of just, view. I, would, I hate saying two truths. That's well, a human arrogance thing. Yeah, but the whole thing is it's truthful to one, to both parties. And it may not be. And even though it's the same occurrence, it's different description of the occurrence. That's fine. But when the ramifications are severe based on whose truth is accepted by other people who can align with one truth over another, then all of a sudden you create this chain of like stuff that doesn't really tap into the reality of the situation as opposed to tapping into favoritism, opinion, narrative, um, who comes off better in front of a judge, uh, all of these things that should be completely removed from the objectiveness of the situation. Look at my line of work. Documentation is everything. We do not. We we. That's what Morgan just said. Mm-hmm. It's true to human nature, but that's poisonous to my line of work. We don't give a shit what your point of view was or Fantastic. your point of view was. I we what what, what did the video show? Yep. Give me your dash cam. Give me that satellite shot. So it's easier though, than if ever. there's no dash cam and there's it's just he said she said that. It's a bitch. But yeah, then there's nothing. But Morgan, where is there no dash cam anymore? There's not a dash cam in every car. Where where is there not a a microphone anymore? Not everything's recorded. Famous last words. (laughs) (laughs) You said, (laughs) well, okay, let's just look at it. I won't bring up the fact that your laptop listens to you. I was going to say a year ago, if I right, told but, it, but you can't tap into that Sasha to get a document for court. Why not? Or you, you can't. Why not? You just, it doesn't happen. That's why not. But there's nothing preventing it from happening. Every law in the books about privacy. Yeah, absolutely. But, but again, they, you, they break all those laws to do the worst with those abilities and shit out these crappy ads to us and try to get us going down a certain path of propaganda, but we can't do it for, we can't use it for good. 
We can't use it for accessing the truth because it's breaking a law, a I privacy law. Sasha, I understand your indignation. If we're getting spied on all the time, why not use it for good instead of just making fucking money? Simple. I understand that. I empathize with you. The practical nature of that, the people who are spying on us most of the time are not people who are interested in solving crimes 100% of the well, time. Well, fuck them then. They're interested in people. They're people who are making money. Okay. So then a group of people who are interested in spying on people and doing it for the right reasons needs to just um, come about at some point. Well, we had that, and it's also scary, too, because you end up with the Patriot Act. So that's kind of scary, too. It's a slippery that slope. That was then. What's the difference? I uh, mean, I, I 20 felt, years? Don't get me wrong. In my line of work, I wish – Why was the Patriot Act brought about? The Patriot Act was a impulse reaction to something horrible that happened in 9-11. Okay. okay. Try to track terrorists, right? Right. Oh, yeah. So it was on the biggest scale ever, like up to that and, point. And, and Edward Snowden pointed out the fact that you had these assholes who worked at the NSA who were looking through people's emails because it was fun. Right. Because they were finding people's home porn and laughing about their emails. Right. Going through – some, if they stumbled across a couple of uh, like people who were laughing at pedophilia or, or something like that, do you think their reactions would have been the same? I don't know what they were laughing at. Most of the time from what Snowden was talking about, they had the ability to look through anybody's shit whenever they wanted using key certain keywords as an excuse to do so and the ability to do so. But they would go through people's private shit all the time. Petty stuff. Petty shit. They would look at petty shit all the time that they didn't need to. So that's the problem. You're right. Wouldn't it be awesome if we lived in a society that was going to spy on us all the time? It was for the right reasons. It wasn't so petty. Right. But it's that society is not going to do that. That society, first and foremost, the one we're living in right now, Sasha, mm -hmm. it's all for lucrative reasons. Okay. It's for corporations. And it's a branch off society. It's it a branch could, off fucking government. What's could, wrong with any of what I'm suggesting? I don't think there's anything wrong with it. It's not practical right now. 50 years from now, we could be. 50 years from now. Um, society could be using the technology that it has to spy on people, not for petty reasons, not to make fun of people, not to be perverted or creepy, mm -hmm. but just to fight crime and just to prevent crime. That could happen in the next 50, 60 it's, years. It, it will. Hopefully. It already is. I'm not as indignant as most people are when it comes to cameras outside. It already is. We, know, we just can't disclose this to the masses because they react like Morgan. <laughs> They would think this is well, the, an infringement the, the, on their most precious of privacies. Well, I don't to, know. I don't to be scumbag, that. not you, but to be scumbag, deviant, creepers. fucking creepers. But I don't, Morgan. Have, you really don't give a shit though about cameras everywhere in public, right? No, I, I don't. But I, you I give a shit it. about your laptop being accessible by a security agency. Not, not you personally. I don't care. Okay, I know you don't care. I don't care. You're not fucking around on your laptop but if you <laughs> were and i said hey yeah you're in so, trouble <laughs> well it, it well it's search and seizure right if if the cop pulls me over because i don't have a seatbelt on and i got something illegal in the back he needs to have a raw probable cause to go searching through my shit to why? find my bad stuff why because, because the, a car is on a car with a laptop well Otherwise, he can just make up whatever he wants. Yeah, well, that you don't think deep do fake that's AI fair. is not there? Okay, that's you don't fair. think your wife's lawyer could get some recording of you saying something just by Altering piecing together? It. Yes, Come on, absolutely. Man. None of that should be admissible for you're, anything. You're, you're still a proponent, Sasha, I would assume, of habeas corpus. I mean, the right to to prevent search, illegal search and seizures. Like, yes. I don't need it. Whenever me and you are driving, 
I mean, I've I've got pulled over the other day, and I knew my shit, and this cop didn't like that, and I got pulled over. And pulled. Oh yeah, I was with a friend of that at all. Well, in Plano, yeah, I I, I said um, he asked, "Do I have your permission to search your bag?" And I said, "Actually, he did not." And then my boy Cedric was just like, hey, "Whoa, that was cool." Mm-hmm. And then after he kept on questioning us, he's I I said twice, "I'm like, well, thank you, officer. Am I being detained or am I free to go?" Mm. Well, I just have a couple more questions. Okay, but am I being detained or am I free to go? I wish I had a friend like you in my (laughs) mid-20s. You just have to know what to say. Who was riding in the car, specifically. I know know what to say to be left alone by the cops. If you're you're a cool cop, if you're not a dick, I'm going to answer your questions. I'm going to give you my ID. I don't have the right to refuse ID because that could escalate the situation. So I know what to say when it comes to being confronted by the cops. So I am a proponent of habeas corpus. I don't like illegal search and seizures. At the same time, I do appreciate tons of public recording because this is how we solve crimes. This is how we are able to find these kids that get fucking abducted all too damn too damn much. Right. People getting assaulted. Uh, we were able to find all those people who were getting assaulted. There was like all these poor Asian people. Yeah. Those fuckers never would have been caught who was doing those horrible things if it wasn't for even the cops themselves that are performing doing terrible shit. Acts. Yeah, I agree. So I I love documentation. I love public cameras. More of them. I'm all for it. I think mm-hmm. there should be a. I'm a proponent of there being a camera on every single fucking street corner <laughs> in this. Pretty city. much it is. Now well, they used to be, Morgan. They took them down because of the traffic laws changed. But. In the land of insurance, which is your land. Yes. What is the um, the failsafe for making sure that somebody didn't tamper or um, mess with the organic state of like say receiving a claim there are severe laws against that if you basically submit evidence to endure a claim that you mm-hmm. have tampered with mm-hmm. there's laws against that. okay that's, that's covered under insurance from so, your check. ass is grass check you're better off never <laughs> tampering. never messing with shit the, the moment we find out that the video you submitted to us was basically tampered with you're automatically investigated to a special investigation unit that gets, works with the state Morgan, for insurance fraud. How easy is it to – I've asked you this a couple times in the last month. How easy is it to spot a deep fake video or a an it's, altered audio? It's very difficult. Oh, Extremely it difficult. used to be. If easy. you're trained for it. Even if yeah. you're trained for it, it's, it's extremely difficult. I'm show you. And it's only getting better and better and better. It's not getting worse. You know, I think you're thinking about the deep fake video you watched in 2014 or 15 mm. that wasn't very good. The deep fake stuff in 2021 is you can't tell the difference. I've seen them. They, they're fake. Deep fake a couple of years ago was you could laugh at it because you could see like the, the ridges of the face around the shoulder sure. looking a little fidgety and stuff. I saw a deep fake recently that I was like, holy God, you'd believe it was her and him. It was two celebrities, of course, having sex that weren't. It was a deep fake because obviously they took it from some hardcore porn right. and they put these two faces but on there. But there's code behind those that illustrates that they're fake. There is code. Of course. So if you have a team of programmers. You think that code can't can't make it look like it came from a camera phone on a phone? Also, what you just said, you're going to programmers. Fuck the programmers. What about the billions of people who are watching that who might think it's real because it's so convincing? That they're they're not important. There's that's a ha- – oh, that's, that's, that's the that, crowd. That's who's important. <laughs> that's who's it, being influenced. It's who sees it, yeah, not who knows what it is. If, if I would have seen a certain video I can show you guys uh, 10 years ago, I would have believed that it was real. 
That's how good the deep fakes are now in 2021. They've only gotten better, and that's what's so freaking scary. Then should we put should we put every news viewer on alert right now that the news may eventually become like deep fake news? I don't know that the news will be that way unless you're getting your news on Twitter or Facebook or like me or like you or uh, or YouTube. If that's where you're getting your news, there's probably a pretty good chance you're going to get deep faked at some point. Let me show you guys some. Make sure it's legal. I've never pulled up anything illegal on my <laughs> phone or computer in about 20. The last I'm time it wasn't even mine. If it I was, can pull it up, it's it's not illegal. Nowadays, yeah. Huh? The, 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 Say that again. The days, if I can pull it up on my phone, it's not illegal. Oh, okay. Same here. Like the last time I was on anything illegal was on the dark web 20 years ago when my friend Keith showed me um, the Silk Road. And oh. there was some website where you can actually go to the Philippines and kill Buy somebody. Buy people? Oh. Kill them. Oh. It was what uh, Eli Roth based Hostel on. I actually saw the website. It was a place that it was. This is around 2012, uh, before Interpol got involved. There was a website he showed me. We had to use a thing called Onion, and it was well, you. You couldn't get on the, the dark web by using Google. <laughs> right. You had to use a special search engine. You had to know a lot about code. And he showed me this website. It was basically in both um, Tagalog, Filipinese, and English, and Spanish. And you get on there, and for, I think it was like 12000 American dollars, they would fly to the Philippines, and they would let you shoot somebody who was supposedly on death row. Mm. Sounds just like hostile, or surviving the game. Kind of. A better version of but hostile. But you don't, you don't know that. Let's say you're somebody who's willing to pay the $12,000. Right. They could just tell you this person was on death row, and they pulled him out of prison and snuck him out of prison, but you don't know that. It could be some poor pit fucking villager or something. True. When I saw that in 2012 when I was young, I was an absolute shock and disgust that that kind of shit existed and it probably still does out there um even though the silk road was shut down and a lot of the deep web has been taken care of by interpol we have to assume it's still out there you know something like it um i'm trying to find there's a certain deep web video that just hit the internet it's pretty funny a little synchronicity i always like scrolling through as we uh record this program Selflessness and feeling in harmony with others coincides <laughs> with greater happiness, study finds. Isn't that just like a broad statement? I like it, though. I like when science plays the game or research plays the game, um, the Barnum Effect game. Oh. It looks real, right? Uh, no, it does not look real. No? No. Well, That looks like... Uh, Sasha's sele- eyes are different from everyone else on the planet. <laughs> He'll always be able to d- discover the deep fake. Miguel, that looks like... Um, celebrity porn from the 2000s where no, you no, would no, type no, I'm in sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. you would type in Angelina Jolie porn and they would have her face plastered on some porn star spreading well, bad in the 2000s that's bad was it would it be more believable to you if, if she was like in a different situation no because <laughs> now now we're giving the coders uh, extra information that's fake <laughs> That's fake, clearly. But it's gotten. Come on. It's gotten. It's, are these the deep fakes you're talking about? No, no. This is one that that the guys at work had uh, put in our group chat, and that they shouldn't. Uh, hey, you want that? You looks, want to that? Me? Looks real for the video? Yeah, dude. Compared to three years ago, huh? Yeah. Okay. Maybe our eyes are different. Are you serious? There was one that Vice did of uh, President Obama and Trump. That was incredible because they also there's a new thing technology out there that can basically copy your voice. Remember on Scream Three, whenever he had that stupid little gadget that would basically yeah. take anyone's voice, that was science fiction then. 
there's a program right now that somebody came up with that can take your exact voice just by recording about two minutes of you talking and copy it exactly. Yeah. And Vice had these guys basically make a video of Donald Trump and, <laughs> and President Obama just talking crazy, crazy shit. Mm-hmm. The deep fake with the voice, you'd swear it was something from like um, 720p kind of rough. I've heard these, yeah. Yeah, and it, it's insane. You don't hear the break in fluidity of organic conversation? Yeah, not with the audio. Audio is absolutely brilliant. No, Maybe we have different ears too, Morgan. Different eyes, different ears. Maybe. <clears throat> no, it's, it's – it, and it's, again, even somebody like you who's so – I've heard these. You, you hear the break in fluidity. It used to be bad. It used to be we're like, oh, it used to be bad, like but you this. still hear the break in fluidity. It's what my I you mean, hear the composite of words being. You can literally hear the programmer mm-hmm. putting in a bunch of words into like a word bank and saying, "Spit them out in Obama's voice." You can hear that there's no congruence. There's no flow. Do you think that in the next couple of years you? yourself as confident as you are not gonna be able to tell the difference in about two years no you really you, you really ad- think yeah that. you adapt along with it that's the point it's like 8k <laughs> 4k your eyes your break. ears adjust why why can't you agree with this when you sash you're gonna... the guy who looks at 4k and can't stand it that's because your eyes are old and weird <laughs> it's true that's different Here's the here's we're gonna play a game, Sash. We can't do it tonight. It's the same here. I'm gonna play this you. This is mental. I'm gonna play you a video. Here's what we're gonna do in the next 48 hours. I'm gonna play you two Obama videos. Play them. For I'm me. gonna play you the deep fake one. I'm, I'm gonna play the real one. I'll never be able to prove to you that I. We shouldn't have can told him that because now he'll go research it to no, make sure. No, I'm gonna research no, anything. No, well, I, I don't. I want to stay offline. As you know, the only time I open my laptop. Here, you can take a look at my my uh, tabs. The only time <laughs> I open my laptop is for business or for pleasure. <laughs> and the pleasure is meandering. Um, nothing else. That's it. I don't open this thing anymore. I don't get on here and surf the internet. I Surfing the internet to me is like, it's almost nostalgic. I don't have any reason to do it. Okay, so I don't know. We, I don't feel like doing it right now, but yeah, I'm gonna. I don't even like researching, Morgan. I'm gonna. I will. Oh, I know that. I'm I gonna know. play I'm you two videos, not now, but soon, uh, of one of these being a deep fake for Obama and the other one being real. And you're gonna tell me by listening, Mister. Oh, I can tell. You know how Morgan does bad cop sometimes here. Yeah. You know, I'm gonna do a segment on. I I want our show to have more segments. I'm not gonna let you know when the segment is, but um, it's. It's going to be like deep fake Sasha segment. <laughs> I am going to deep fake you personality wise, and I'm going to see if you could pick up on whether or not uh, I'm being genuine. So I might say uh, I might go on like a arrogant rampage for 30 minutes and I might just like pull out a facet of of arrogant Sasha and it's just going to be arrogance, arrogance, arrogance for 30 to 45 minutes. And I'm going to see if you can spot it. Not if you can spot it. Let's see if it changes anything. Yeah, let's do that. What What's that going to prove? <laughs> it's not going to prove anything. <laughs> I'm just. I just want my own segments. <laughs> I want to be able to showcase my personality, and not just the. Not just the change the world, Sasha, on this program. I want to be able to flaunt a little bit. Is that okay? 
<laughs> Sasha, just real quick, because I'm doing them. Is this real or fake? I've listened to Obama in my sleep. Not according to BuzzFeed. Oh, and BuzzFeed's lying then. Oh, and BuzzFeed is lying. <laughs> Play it again. That was fake, bitch. It's real. It's visible from BuzzFeed. Play it in the microphone. Don't just buy a new video game. Make one. Okay. Don't just download the latest app. Help design it. Oh, now you hear it. Don't just no, now I hear the words he's saying. Program it. No one's born a computer scientist, but with a little hard work and some math and science, just about anyone can become one. This parts of this are real. Okay, which parts are not? The entirety. <laughs> no, the the package. However, there are phrases and there are segments of which in that but did it, did real. it sounded like him, though. You're saying yeah, that but that's you're copying, saying this was taken, though. But that's copying and pasting sentences that he said. No, it's not. No. Sasha, look, bro, this... No, he said... I mean, he said that computer scientists lie. He yeah, said that in a in a college mean, okay, auditorium. Obama that, that, said computer scientist at some point during his so eight years as president. You you're that, right. You don't think that but, they, they took something he said and did, did it in the AI? That's it, that's the point. It's like yeah, his famous speech. His famous speech about um, what do you call it? Um, like when he talked about don't don't get mad. You yeah. need to vote. Yeah. I can take that entire speech and create the AI to basically emulate the entire thing. Yes, we find an older one but too. But the the fluidity of the entire conversation if you listen to that for a minute you can see the you can hear the splicing they're not splicing anything together it's the it's it, that was yeah they're taking bits no, of they are actual not. dialogue no they're not no they're not no such that was that was the ai emulation now it's gotten better because this is an older one <laughs> obviously <laughs> That's a terrible one. See, that's an older. See, see, that's older. Though. That's old. See, this is from yeah. two thousand. That was from two thousand six. Yeah, but Sasha. the one you presented, uh, present day, is articulate, and it it's not talking well, about they, something. The second one they made is they actually got. A, it wasn't. He wasn't in an auditorium. He was giving a speech to science students. What they did is they took an actual. For the most part, they changed. They took like the transcript, and they made the AI voice, and then they played it. They in their AI voice, but it was from something he said. But it, that was an AI voice you heard from the first video. But listen to the difference there, Sasha. The one, the second one I played from 2000, like, let me see, was from yeah, the difference in uh, authenticity. Well, it's gotten better, of course. So, what does that tell you? Is that in the future, you may feel very, good for you, Sasha. You're gonna feel so confident you're always gonna be able to tell the difference. In, in, and I feel like if I, Obama says the word dipshit, of course, any <laughs> single. <laughs> Well, that was the obvious dialogue, okay. right? But there are obvious giveaways. There's so many that have gotten better. So again, that was from four years ago. Mm -hmm. The sec, the other one, that first one I showed you was just from like last year. And there's another one here. Researchers created fake Obama speaking. Here's the results are scary. I don't know how this one's going to sound, but they keep making these. Play this one and play this one. I've always wanted him on this show. We got him. Wow, we could just fake him, right? We could just set up. You a, could. Yeah. yeah we, <laughs> The Vladimir Putin ones are really good too. I mean, it's, they're they're they've, again they're only getting better and better and better. Most deep fakes, if you watch them, especially like the deep fake porns, the deep fake the celebrities getting drunk and being stupid. If you watch it for about a good couple minutes, yeah, you can spot it. 
they're in two years from now, I don't think we're going to be able to. But how can you say that when two or three years ago, deep fakes were tricking people back then too? They weren't tricking us. No. They're uh, not tricking you. Two years, that's, that's the difference. Two or three years ago, they were tricking grandma and grandpa. They weren't mm-hmm. tricking us. Three years from now, they will be. That's what's scary. Then that would be... That would be... First of all, we talked about this before. There was, there was somebody put a Photoshop of fucking Trump in a boat rescuing people while he still had his suit on. That yes. was enough to trick grandma and grandpa, apparently. Right. So it's like, that's not really saying much. This is, a bigger, really this is a bigger conversation. We've had this one, a similar style conversation. That would be insinuating that somebody knew mm-hmm. how to trick us in the future. Yeah. No. You don't think you'll ever be tricked, Sasha? <laughs> not not by some no not by some geek behind a keyboard. The geek behind the keyboards are the ones we should be worried about. But I don't give them the opportunity to trick me cuz I'm not on, I'm not pulling up my computer. Look, how did, a, how did that come across your radar? The fake Obama thing. It was BuzzFeed? Uh well CNN has one too, which is CNN? The, most, the most trusted yeah. name in news. I, I don't go to that website. <laughs> Nor do I go to BuzzFeed. Here's what I'm worried about. What if somebody creates a deepfake video that's so damn good um, that CNN, Fox News, all the big boys, they pick it up and they run with it. And it oh, like JFK them. actually coming back in Dallas? God damn, Morgan. We should have trolled them. I knew it. <laughs> should have. Should have. <laughs> if you guys, oh, you guys should have had the deepfake minds to actually provide those fucking Why didn't with someone show up that looks, there has to be a doppelganger for John F. Kennedy Jr. Sure. I wish he would have showed up and just. Well, I don't know that they really people. know what he looks like. You just have to get somewhat At close. One hundred and one years old, or however old he would be. No, just bring him back as. As is. As fifty. The aliens took him away. Sure. To have a leg- how how more embarrassing would that be? These morons believe that John F. Kennedy looks like he did in nineteen sixty three before he got so, his brain, brains blown out. Interesting. Uh, interesting. Segue <laughs> from deep fakes to misinformation. It's all intertwined. So if we uh, talk about a future that holds people who blatantly misinform to where it has a detrimental effect, because this is where I I feel different about deepfakes slightly. Um, If they're for comedic purposes, go go ahead. Yeah, have at it. Have at it. Yeah, but but for comedic purposes, you've got to you've got to alter it in some way so that it sounds fake. Like you got to have Obama saying "motherfucker." Sure. Right. If it's not for comedic purposes, then Maybe we should uh, instill some loss. You know, it's interesting. You know who's doing what it What do you first. do with the onion? What do you mean? Well, it's a satirical newspaper that comes up with fake articles all For the time. For jokes. Sure. Yeah, if you log on to the onion, you're laughing or at least <laughs> clearly cognizant that it's for comedy pretty quickly. We if, just you, got, if you know what the onion is, sure. But if you don't know what the onion is, you don't. There were people. <sighs> really? The, no, really? There well, were. then you're just dumb. Yeah. Because you don't know what the onion is? No, because you you go online, it's like the inquirer of the internet. Yeah, but some people don't well yeah, some, some people, people don't go to the onion.com. They they post a video on YouTube and they I know. they share it, so it's not exactly like you know you're getting the disclaimer of this is the onion and this is blah blah blah. I think the onion I know. And some old ladies would get in line at the Kroger and they would buy copies of the inquirer and I wish we could tag them and follow them. <laughs> Because anybody who they influence from that point on after reading those stories 
should be made known that the person who believed them is a whack job. So it's the same thing with the internet. If you get on and say, police honor beloved officer lost. Oh, okay, well, that's kind of sad. Why is the onion putting this <laughs> It's probably it's a joke article. Jameson, James Winston to freeze knee until further. Future generations find cure for torn ACL. If somebody cops online and say, hey, do you hear James Winston is going to start freezing his knee because his ACL's got so many. <laughs> Sorry, Morgan. <laughs> Those are the kinds of people showing up at your JFK rallies that we should do something about. I think you'd be surprised at how many people think that's real. I really do. How think- can we find that out? How can we? I'd love a world where we can find that out. Like where it's not my word post against the article, yours. Post the article on Facebook and see how many people say it's fake and don't. Even that. No, you can't do that. Why? Because it falls under the laws of scientific observation. If somebody knows they're being observed, they're going to react differently, just like the electrons in our bodies do. You have to actually spy on people and you have to deduce whether or not they think is this is real mentally through some fucking mental device <laughs> in order to remove the he said he said in this particular case because my opinion versus your opinion but there's a reality i would like to know out of a thousand people if they randomly come across this article how many of them think it's real because the people who think it's real should be made note of (laughs) and we should no we should go through corrective behavior for them via algorithmic technologies that submits them to even more misinformation so that they can be immersed in it so that it can sort of make itself organically known to them that it's not real let me see if i can find that screenshot of what i did when i trolled people on facebook about three or four years ago i got a picture of (laughs) obi-wan kenobi and i put a picture about that he's the reason for the season don't forget that all my mom's friends my grandparents friend put amen 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 underneath that picture that i put trolling people on facebook more sasha yeah that's 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 Almost blind, like uh, instinct. No, but look, how do you not know Obi Wan Kenobi from Jesus? Like, I don't. The guy's wearing Jedi robes. Let me try to find the goddamn screenshot I took. I literally put a picture of Obi Wan in Jedi robes, and all these stupid old bastards thought it was Jesus. Thought it was Jesus. I did it as a joking troll, and then Maggie was almost peeing herself laughing, and all the old people who fucking said Amen underneath it. I've I've kind of wanted to see, like, I've wanted yeah, to take. This, look, oh. this is the picture I used. It's fucking Obi Wan. But that's their Jesus. He does uh, the white. Je- <laughs> yeah, that's their that's her Jesus, Miguel. All you did was put a picture of somebody who could. If you don't know who you and McGregor is, I made a mistake. This is the picture. This is a. He looks more Jesus like here. So yeah, he does. Out. Still though, that's the fucking painting they their <laughs> grand halls for fifty years. That's the image of their Jesus. I've My been thinking God. about that recently. I'm like, I would like to see. I would like ha- to have access into everyone's mind and to see what their image of <laughs> Jesus or lack thereof is in order. That's misinformation. It's rooted in misinformation because there is an objective reality. If Jesus was real, he actually did have a face. He had a look. He had a hairline or not. Or uh, He wasn't white if he existed. I'll say right. That. There is an objective truth there, and it should be known, barring the ramifications, or the mental fucking collapse of somebody who thinks Ewan McGregor looks like Jesus, it should be known to them what the actual face of the man. This is what 
he this hyped. is the AI gener- generated. Well, the AI is what you trust, Sasha. I, this yeah. is AI from 2012, by the way. Well, I mean, there's been updated seen, ones. Yeah, there yeah. Here's another one ones. too. And look, now we're getting into the CGI realm. Well, what I'm saying is, is that if this guy was born Boy, and raised in ancient Palestine, yes. two thousand years ago, he's not going to come out like Obi Wan. He's not going to look like Ewan McGregor. No. <laughs> no, but you can't convince people without the hard facts because it's just he said he said at that point. Why did people? I mean, I people I, need I, hard facts. <laughs> Jesus, no. if you're listening. They need hard, <laughs> not really facts. They just have to have faith. <laughs> faith in white <Okay>. Jesus. <sighs> Praise white Jesus. <laughs> Interesting segue. Um, I always is, is it just racism or is it just a matter of you can't, you don't feel comfortable even on an unconscious level worshiping something that you can't relate to? Maybe that's why back in everything before 1980 had Jesus as a blonde haired hippie. No, no, that was, that, that that was done in the year 100 when the Roman Catholic Church is trying to figure out how to get more followers. In, the, in Europe, so like we're going to whiten his ass up. Yeah, because yeah. <laughs> he was an image closer to them. Yeah, absolutely. That is incredible to but, me. But you're right at the same time. It was just done on his terms, which is much earlier. Like he's right and you're right. Oh, yeah. It's been going on forever. Yeah. So if I go back in like the Middle Ages, I'm going to see like a Ewan McGregor looking Jesus. Probably. <laughs> yeah. That would be, well, I mean, <laughs> it's probably there. I mean, there probably are pictures of Jesus from the 15th century. Well, I mean, yeah. Or the, painting of Jesus. The paintings look pretty white. In yeah. The, uh, now, the to, Mona, now, does that mean the Mona Lisa is not as pasty white as she was? They think they found the real Mona Lisa. It was one of his groupies if it wasn't him. Um, let, me, <sighs> let me find Earliest paintings of Jesus. Let's see how white he is, gentlemen. I was going to segue to um, really cool news about um, mental well, therapy. The image of Jesus comes from around 1350 to 1600. Well, he did look to get whiter. Because look at this old picture of, of Jesus. He's pretty dark there. Yeah. He's can pass for Puerto Rican. Right. But... but <laughs> <laughs> Puerto Rican Jesus was painted back in 1408. That's that awesome. is funny. Um, man, I'm not gonna segue to no. We're about the mental health thing. You, yeah, you said us. I was gonna segue to like a, a, a like good-hearted, um, awesome topic that we have forecasted on this program, and of course, it's been and talked about plenty of times. But we kind of dove into it a year ago about how psychology and helping people out can work better online because hmm. we talked about it. Um, I think you two did. I don't yeah. It might've been a Morgan Sasha exclusive, but we talked about uh, how we tackle depression more. Uh, we've, we've talked a lot about it actually. I don't remember the verbatim. So you're talking about uh, like video chatting and online help that kind of, well, what's been deduced scientifically is that people are more vulnerable online. Go figure, right? Willing to willing to be more vulnerable, willing to showcase hmm. their um Yeah, I don't have to look you in the eye. Openness. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, or be in the be in the room with somebody as you're opening their heart to them. That it's makes like sense. a yes. It's like a good bad it's like uh, a good bad thing. Um like we pride ourselves everybody here at this table is thirty five and up. Yeah. So we've had enough real world interaction to be comfortable with 
face-to-face conversations when it comes to things like dating, when it comes to things like even job interviews, um, even going to the therapist or seeking therapy for that matter. But with the new crop of kids out there, the younger crowd, their immersion in the real world is so limited with discussing these sorts of things that tackling their inhibitions and their actual mental um, impairments that they may be suffering from can't be addressed in the traditional sense. Like in a psychologist's room, yeah. in a couch. And right, all that because shit. you're just not going to elicit a natural reaction, perhaps, from them. Even if you forced it out of them, it wouldn't be natural because they just don't have the ability to engage yeah. in that sort of back and forth. So, apparently, um, it's going to, VR is going to, be a potential place to where, you know, you your avatar can walk into an actual therapy place. You pay a certain amount to have that program hooked to your or downloaded from your Oculus 3 well, or whatever awesome. it is. And you can put the goggle. Now, now here's the issue. Uh, I see him smirking Ready already. Ready player one? No, I see, I see him smirking already. The, the issue is I wouldn't want that sort of realm to be trollable. Oh, no. It's got to be trollable or it's not real. (laughs) No, because I kind of want to troll it. I kind of want to pay the 60 bucks to go for a VR therapy session and like troll the fuck out of the therapist. (laughs) Because you're more comfortable trolling in that environment, walking into a psychiatrist's office than fucking with them in person. Yeah, because then it would get real heated between me and the psychologist, like in, in reality, I think. You'd be more going to be willing to pay $60 to troll this poor bastard. I don't know about you. Like, you'd be paying $60. I would do it in an odd way where they didn't know. But you see, this is an area where I feel like if we keep it removed from the trolls, it can do a lot of good. Of course. And I felt that way about the Internet. and They got a hold of the Internet after a period of time. If the data entering your mind is the same thing, if you can go walk into a therapy session, if you're going to be more vulnerable or be more open and honest through VR than walking in physically to a psychiatrist's office, then good. You know, I we have. Should be doing this. Nah, the problem is, is there's there's a lot of things in communication that are nonverbal, and yeah. when, even if you're in a VR world, it's you're not going to be able to see those things. So let me be candid here with you guys. I haven't disclosed this to anyone, but I think this is a good platform to disclose it. The turnaround in my situation at home, mm-hmm. um, when it comes to the animosity that was being held from one person to another. Where it all shifted recently in the last two or three months, we started texting each other the things Hmm. that we wanted to say, but if we said them, might rise in intensity and might segue um, or might be misinterpreted. I've been there. Now, the fascinating thing is I've always thought that texts were more easier to misinterpret than words themselves coming out of someone's mouth. No. But what but what I found in these brief conversations with my ex-wife is that when we have when we know where each other's coming from, text is calm. Texting yeah. is calm. And texting to me is virtual because I'm not physically present right next to her when I'm texting her. I'm um in another part of the city. Or in this particular case, I was across the street somewhere else. I'm like, I had to walk across the street and text you this because I I wanted <laughs> to text you. And it mitigated the confrontational elements. It mitigated the 
animosity, uh, the rising tension, it mitigated a fight. Don't you know? I've, I've, and so I've, I think it could do the same. I felt that before. I've had that. I've, I've fought with Maggie and other people, and I preferred to do it through text because I felt like I could get my entire point out more articulately after I've looked at what I've said and press send rather than just being in an argument where it's so much easier for things to be heated. Mm-hmm. So no, I've, I've been there more than a couple it's times in my life. Fascinating. I think you do need to have a precedent for the real world sort of conversation yeah. back and forth to gain a, an upper hand on the positives of what VR therapy can do. But when it comes to someone who may not um, have experience in that world, like in the real world and, Oh man, that is that why dating online is so popular? <laughs> because you've got a whole wave of people who just haven't approached people in in the real world. Yeah, is that why it's so popular now with the twenty well, no, something? It's so popular is because you instead of having to go to a place and then you're only limited to X number of people but that's in with that our place. Crowd. The twenty-year-old crowd that just jumps on online dating—they're right, right going out of the there gates. because they're not going to a place and they're restricted to twenty people. You go online and you got thousands of people all in the same place. But have they ever? I guess my question is: Have they ever tried real-world dating, or do I'm they sure just they jump into online dating right off the bat? I'm sure they have. And another thing that we got to ask AI to answer. <laughs> Or I'll just let you I speak mean, to my nephews and his friends. I mean, it's probably, like, it's just easier. Like, you, I can't tell you how difficult it was to talk to girls growing up sometimes. Like, we had to make a game of it. Yeah, yeah man. In order to kind of goad each other into talking to girls. And this it was is how amazing. we're closing the show. Because, yeah, I, I like where this conversation it was amazing when we created a game and it became competitive how quickly we all overcame our fears and we started to realize ah they're just people like you too sometimes they like you and sometimes they don't yeah we would go like we would or we would have excuses because we we, when i was like 10 12 years old or even 13 we were terrified to speak to the opposite sex so we would we'd go bowling we'd go to the skate rink Mm -hmm. And then at the skate rink, like Morgan said, we would have these little competitions of, hey, you know, I'm going to talk to this girl first. I'm going to get a number first before you do. Oh, fuck that. I mean, you can't let your boy outdo you. So you created a... You guys are lucky. I hope I'm not offending any listeners out there who claim to be best friends of mine or anything like that. But we never had a, a dating sort of strategy when it came to like boys and stuff like that and saying, ah, we're going to... This is how we should... I was a I was left to be on my own with a lot of the stuff that sometimes we played wingman. If one of my buddies was like, "I'm really into that chick," and you look over there and she's with this other chick, and it didn't matter what you look like, if you're with your buddy, you played the wingman, you made nice. And that grenade is something you jump on if necessary. Dang, yeah, man. Then you wait later. My teens. Then you wait a little later to slide in in his (laughs) thirties. Sorry, not quite, bro. Close. Oh man, that does sound like like fun. we have a we had a point system, bro. That we actually wrote out, and I don't know if I still have this or not. But like, Damn, if wait, you what? made initial contact, it was like ten points, and if you got a number, it was like so it was five. like first base, second base, but a little bit more detailed. Yeah, and and it it's a game we played during the summers when we were going to Six Flags mostly or wherever mm-hmm. we would end up going. We would just you'd have to you'd have, you needed a witness to get a 
you know, your points and all that stuff. But let me write that fun. movie. That sounds awesome. That's more fun than I had it. Mine yeah, was like a PG thirteen Sandlot. Slightly PG thirteen. I mean, yeah, because it didn't. It wasn't disgustingly for crude, crude humor. Occasional you, crude humor. Like if you it. got laid, you won. There was no points for getting. If you got there, you yeah, won. Yeah, your child was much more adventurous <laughs> than mine. Mine, we only talked about. It wasn't a point system. It was just win or losses for us. You're like, did you get a win? Did you get a loss? No, she told me to go to hell, and that's a loss. Mm. Like it was. <laughs> I was rejected by the first girl I asked out in high school, and after that, it was smooth sailing. But that's. But I learned so much from that rejection. Yeah. Um, because that girl, for a long time, I'd built up to asking her out, uh, and she, we were in many of the same classes. She was Hispanic. Miguel, you would have been proud of me. She was very attractive too. Um, but uh, find out one of my cousins or something. <laughs> <laughs> um, sure, sure is. I'm sure. Um, but no, I worked up like a whole. It weren't they weren't semesters in high school. Obviously, it was just like a class year or something. But I worked up a whole class year and at the end maybe that was my mistake at the end of the class is when i asked her and uh it was a simple rejection like no we're just friends and all it's friend zone back in the day and i was cool with it but man i unconsciously i learned so much from it and to my detriment i never approached another woman after that (laughs) wow traumatized no I developed a different strategy based on that. Yeah, I think that I, from a I very, I it up more to organic. Sorry. Go ahead. Same here. I yeah. was, I was, I always had too much pride to do what my friends called simping, which yeah. was basically the guys that were just so, th- I hated my guy friends in high school and in college who were just so thirsty all the fucking time. They just put themselves out there and they, they would anything they could get, they would, they would try for. Right. And I always felt like if you were, what worked for me is just being really confident and being around the most attractive girls and telling them, I'm really interested in you. Mm-hmm. You know, basically acting like you ain't shit worked for me. Um, yeah. I went on a streak of kind of being a dick mm. and blowing off the opposite sex. And then I got lucky. I meet this one chick who I'm a dick to who isn't shocked and cries to her girlfriend. She talks back to me and busts my balls in front of everybody. Mm. Now I'm basically married to her. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, so it, it it I ended up getting lucky. It worked for me. Is pride and confidence goes a long way. If there's any young guys listening out there having trouble with the opposite sex, that's the best thing I can tell you. As a 36 year old, pride and confidence and not coming across as desperate is the best fucking thing. All you can the ever stuff do. that women sort of tell each other that they should do as individuals and yeah. as a sex and like know your worth, girl, and all that stuff. It applies to men as well. Yes. It yes. Does. I tell my nephews that all the time. Like, know your worth, man. Yeah. Don't simp. Don't seem desperate. Don't let yourself get strung along. And if you do, do it in high school. So you get out of the get way. Get it out of the way. The, yeah. Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> all the floozies in high school. No, not, no offense to high school sweethearts out there and feel good stories. But so, yeah, I mean, after that, man, it was it was all organic. Pretty That's much. Um, what I've noticed looking back is that frequency of crossing paths helped a lot. Absolutely. Uh, getting to know someone. So stalking. No, no, no. Okay. Gotcha. Well, 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 you're, you're going to hate what I, well, no, you're not going to hate it. But my first long-term girlfriend was one of my close friend's sisters. 
And that's because I would yeah, hang out good. with him. You would be that guy. Oh, my God. Yeah, I knew you'd say that. But you don't date your friend's sister. But you ask permission. You don't. If you do, well, that definitely did happen. We did. Uh, we both asked for permission, and also he got the sense that things were developing, and he was on board for it because he knew I was a decent guy too. So it's not like I I was, uh, you know, trying to get with her through a friendship with him. He and I are still very good friends, and we communicate on. Uh, I'd say every other month, uh, a little bit here and there. I have lost track of her and tabs on her. But the frequency of which we would see each other and we'd speak e- to each other, even in passing, or she'd just be in the room when me and her brother were hanging out. <laughs> Looking back, it sounds terrible the way that yeah. things happen. Yeah. Uh, see, terrible. look, good angel, bad angel. Yeah. Nah. Yeah. It's not a guilt trip, you know. <laughs> But then the frequency. See, the of, idea. Well, what I did in those sorts of situations was I dated her friends. Mm-hmm. So a buddy of mine had a sister and I was kind of, and she was attractive. She probably has other attractive friends. So I wouldn't date the sister. I would date her friends. First. And I would never go back to the sister. So even though you were more interested in her. No, I wouldn't necessarily be interested in her for her. I'd be interested in her for her friends. Oh, oh. Yeah. see, that's conniving and that's <laughs> manipulative. Not really. It's resourceful. But sir. wait, check this out. This is uh, this is epiphanic somewhat. The frequency thing is real, Miguel, because the n- next long term, that was three years. Next long term relationship, four years, is college girl who we share three or four classes together in our freshman year. That's great. That's like take beyond time, so. two semesters. Okay. Yeah. So all of a sudden we're hanging out in the same corridors and stuff like that. And we just begin communicating outside of the classroom, but it started there. Then with my ex-wife, the frequency of work and seeing her on a daily basis. Yeah. And then even more recent frequency, daily communication. I'm trying to think of how I should use this to my advantage. In in the next situation, you got to go out more. That's for sure. Nah, yeah, because I don't want I don't want to meet someone frequently in that environment, the going out environment. I don't want to meet somebody who's at the same bar every day. I don't want I don't want to meet somebody who goes to the same nightclub. You need to diversify where you're going out to. Is what I mean. Go to library. Five well, you're gonna have to give in and go online. Nah. Is that if does that offend you? No. But going online? But it's interesting. Frequency plays into the online dating as well. Sure. Mm-hmm. Although frequency was never a factor for me. Really? With Kelly? No. With Mags, it was Your paths for- crossed. Our paths crossed once. Really? One because time. I met her at a game show. Fascinating. So maybe I have the examples of true lasting love in front of me with their mates. And yeah, then you have the examples of all the of, girls before that. It wasn't wasn't going back and forth or seeing them multiple times that led to a conversation. If I saw someone and I was into them, I said something. I didn't wait for the next time we were hanging out together. What? There's confidence. Because, uh, you know, there may not be a next time. I might, that might be it. That's my one shot. I better step up and take it. 
my frequencies weren't anything meaningful. It was when I was a waiter and whenever I first started working, it was the girls I worked with were there all the time and I slept with them. <laughs> that was that was it. When I was 19 years old waiting tables, I mean, I... And I never I, messed with anybody I worked with. Are you serious? Dude, when I was never. a waiter, oh my God. Well, that's because you were always like 10 to 15 years older than them, probably. Even working, <laughs> even working in hotels when you had a hotel staff, so it's not like eight, you had a bunch of so four-year-olds. So when I was 18, I, we had a bunch of eight-year-olds there that I couldn't freaking <laughs> date. You're right. I, I mean, that's not what I meant. I meant in your well, once adulthood. Once I became a supervisor, that be, that's sexual harassment, sir, dating that's staff that's below you. That's true. I was never a supervisor. So no, I, there were there are certain boundaries You're I don't right. cross. Why do you think I steered away from those promotions <laughs> not bad <laughs> uh, no I, I think uh, we all come from different dy- we've addressed this on previous episodes plenty of times the different dynamics of our love lives are very interesting to uh, piece together because we all kind of we all hope for the same thing I would think in our relationships with women I got lucky as shit. <laughs> yeah, I feel yeah. the same way. That I was, I'm pretty lucky. Yeah, Damn. I mean, my girl hasn't killed me. And Damn, people, you know, I got a lot of changing to do. Then, what do you mean? Mm. I don't want to incriminate myself. Okay, <laughs> nah, nah, we're well past that. Um, I felt appreciative of the situation. Yeah. Lucky? Well, you weren't lucky, otherwise you wouldn't be single now. Right. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Because like I've been with the same chick for ten years, and yeah, you know, whenever we first moved in together, people had literally made a bet there was a pool going on on us mm. that we were either going to break up or kill each other, literally kill each other. One was going to kill the other. Uh, <laughs> my homegirl CJ won that bet. She thought we were going to end up together and not kill each other after we moved in together. Ten other people who were part of that poll lost their money to her <laughs> because they were basically convinced that she was going to kill me or I was going to kill her because when we first started dating, there was jealousy. We fought a lot. Um, so people thought we weren't going to last. Which I think is somewhat normal in a built in a relationship. And the first year is I always think, I think people yeah. see that and think of it as negative and think it's how it's always going to be and bail out way too early. Yeah. If it's worth it, you stay in it and you fight for it. Jealousy is hot though too or it can be as long as it's not like psychotic jealousy like if if, if mag if like yeah. well like when maggie whenever we first turned out and i saw maggie get jealous as fuck whenever some chick would hit on me turn kind of hot it was kind of hot and it was funny because she, what was really annoying and funny though is that maggie knew exactly what i liked and i always tell this story we were at a pool party one time and there was this freaking blonde girl there morgan's type probably <laughs> probably <laughs> probably Spitch <laughs> looked like what's her name the one you like mackinany mickany oh yeah fucking yeah anyway and a thong. He was a deep fake, by the way. The entire <laughs> Her <whole> time. career. <laughs> the entire time. It was a vodka the whole time. This that kind of looking chick in string bikini, basically almost wearing nothing, did throw some game my way. Maggie didn't look twice. Doesn't give a shit. Didn't probably encourage this girl to hit on me. That's how insecure Maggie is with that kind of girl. Skinny blonde, she knows it's not my bag. Thicker girl, Latina, dark hair, one piece, mm. rap. Pretty conservative looking. Hits on me. Maggie blitzes and gives attitude like, bitch, back the fuck off. Because she knows what I like. And so when you're with someone just for a little bit, they get to know what 
your significant other likes, and then ten years later, they really know what they like. Mm-hmm. So if some if some Zac Efron blonde pretty boy was to hit on Maggie, Kendall, I'd be like, I dare you to ask her out. I'm not right. insecure. <laughs> if some older Hispanic guy. Who <laughs> looks like a mix of Lou Diamond Probably. and William Defoe? Yeah, hits on Maggie, and if it's older than me, oh, I'm gonna be really insecure and be like, "You better back the fuck off." Motherfucker. Uh, and that's the funny thing. I mean, I have so much pride. I don't ever want to come across as jealous. I don't ever want to show my ass. Right. But I am the jealous type. And like I said, if some Antonio Banderas looking guy fucking hit on Maggie, I'd be there, jump on the spot. So you know what the other person likes, and by being honest and forward with them you inevitably end up showing your own insecurity, you know, but but you got to put yourself out there though. You know, and if Sasha, if you're, if you're, I know you're turned on by the fact of that, that whole frequency thing of yours, (laughs) but sometimes you got to do what Morgan is saying. And if you're feeling something, you got to jump on it. Well, you know, I I had say hi anyway, something. I had an interesting conversation with another buddy of mine about this quite recently. And he said something that I disagreed with as soon as he said it. Um, because we were talking about dating and he was talking about um, bringing me out to some of the places he frequents. He go- he goes, which is, well, bars, like clubs, bars. Yeah. Um, he Well, he even throws his own parties. He lives in a nice, uh, a nice part of town with a nice big house. And the guy, the guy who uh, he lives with, who they, they share that house, they throw frequent parties. I don't want to meet that type of woman at 36 who's going to a House, house party? party. That's judgmental. Like oh, people, wow. there's wealthy people who have get-togethers and house parties who are educated and go to them. Or a home, a home girl from where you work, uh, Morgan. She's very wealthy, very educated, and she has some nice parties. Okay. Uh, that's fair. Yeah, Please, a- absolutely. Yeah, yeah. yeah, she absolutely. Her neighbors are snobby, but they're educated and can party. What did he said. So in this conversation, because yeah, I. I seem to elicit polarity when it comes to these types of conversations. <laughs> I, there, there is some here, and that's why it's so intriguing. Um, so I was fighting for the side of organic m- meeting of someone, and he was fighting on the side of online dating and Tinder profile and all that. Yeah. And, and we clashed. And what he said is, you know, she's never just going to knock on your door. Facts. But my track record, she has. Over and over, not, I'm not, I'm not talking about the one either. I'm not talking about like, I'm talking about the women of, in my life. They've presented themselves to me. You want that to, do you want to take the risk of that? Can you continuing to be lucky in that way? He's right. You're not, I'm not saying you have to wait for somebody to literally knock on your fucking door. The alternative, you could also look at it and say, well, that hasn't worked, right? I've got this history of it not working. Maybe I should change. But it's worked. Not really. What's You're not married. You're not with anyone. <laughs> Who's to say I ever wanted to be? Right. So exactly. If that if you acknowledge now so that then those why relationships wait for them to show up because the wrong types show up. <laughs> that's perhaps true. That's very true. That's your that's your own point, Sasha. Is that- I don't know. We need an AI to figure that one out. <laughs> no, we need common sense. <laughs> <laughs> come on common sense tells no, you oh come on you guys you're answering your own question you said yourself no, you didn't Morgan want did. to be married hmm. or you didn't want to have like oh, but m- me and re- me and my ex-wife had had those conversations building up building up building up we don't need to get married we don't need 
Much like, oh, I, you guys haven't had those talks, have you? Oh, we talked about it. We, like, we, we, you, we do want to get you married, do. though. We had the talks about the fact that we didn't really need to get married. We didn't want to get married. And then all of a sudden, things changed. Now, I played backseat and said, okay, go ahead. I feel confident enough in your companionship to steer us forward. So let's get married. Now, I, I wouldn't have that sort of feeling and vibe unless I was in You've obviously learned, you know, your hindsight's twenty twenty. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, I, well, I don't, but, think, but meeting the meeting of these women, how it was you, all in my terms. How do you plan on that happening in your future with your lifestyle, which is oh, I'm a out little, and about all day? Come on. It's, it's, it's like I'm speed dating. I, to, I wouldn't want to speed at the places you're going to. Well, though. I'm not going to. <laughs> well, I mean, I go to Target three or four times yeah, a week. Be, There's nothing the, wrong with Target. Check out the same soccer moms there that might be divorced. Come on. Yeah. No. Your friend's right. I don't, Movie trading company turned out to be an okay place. Did it? I'm, <laughs> Let's not have that conversation. Wow. Let's not go there because you'll get double teamed. Um, <laughs> and not in a good way. way. Oh, you guys. Well, look at you guys. <laughs> You guys are like the Muppet Show guys. Yeah, the old the, guys. Yeah. That, that's us, Morgan. That's, <laughs> yeah, just okay. busting your balls all night. Yeah, man. No, no I, I think your friend's right. I think you got to be willing to put yourself out there more. I don't know about getting on a stupid fucking plenty of fish. website. Yeah, I don't know about that, but you got to put yourself out more. Uh, yeah, you need I don't to know go, what that means this day and age. You need to, what he said. Go to a couple of house parties and don't snob off to the women that might be there. Well, if they're in their thirty-five or thirty-six, <laughs> I'm like, well, fuck you then, Sasha. You ain't coming to none of my parties anymore because thirty-five or thirty-six year olds shouldn't be having parties. No, but you're not a single guy throwing the party. Doesn't matter. I have to have plenty of single guy friends and girlfriends. Let them come and hang out. They're decent people. You shouldn't be so dismissive of people who are in their thirties and forties going to parties. I'm just saying, if it's the smart part of town like your friend lives in, okay. If you're, if, you're, if somebody's taking you to the hood. Yeah, and there are some girls scratching and talking about their face tattoos. I'd be a little more worried. It's fair, but there's plenty of smart, educated, good-hearted women that you could meet at parties. And I went don't to be this. I went to Chili's the other night for the first time in a long time. What did you really? eat? My God! Oh, I had enchilada soup and uh, chicken margarita, but it was really just because chicken uh, margarita, whatever the hell their three for ten deal was. <laughs> I haven't been to Chili's in like two and a half, three years. And the only reason I went is because we were leaving Target, my daughter and I, and she said she was hungry and Chili's was the closest. And she said she wanted to sit down at a restaurant too. So I didn't want to like take her to um, some place of my my choosing. I said, okay, Chili's for kids is fine. Yeah, Chili's forced, decent. I was Chili's forced. Good. I was forced Solid. to eat there. Rubbish. Oh my god! Oh my god! Oh my god! They have craft macaroni and cheese on their menu. Yeah. Yeah, it's it for the says kids. Craft macaroni. It's and for cheese. the kids and for people who aren't embarrassed to be thirty-six years old and eating craft macaroni. And cheese <laughs> I don't. I don't. At a Chili's though, yeah, you could buy a box of craft for a buck. Ninety-eight. They're cents, charging yeah. five ninety-five for their kids' meal. Yeah, they know what they're doing. If parents don't feel like cooking. They're gonna go spend four dollars on some fucking craft. <laughs> you know, part of me is eager to get the ball rolling on dating at 36, but the other part doesn't give a shit. 36. That's fucking hilarious. Oh, I'm 37. Dang. I am 37. <laughs> yeah. Whoops. 
<laughs> Turn 38 in a week and a half. <laughs> <laughs> like 38's knocking on the door, bitch. Oh, wait, I don't want to time this. Uh, I don't want to. No, by the hey, time this episode comes out, you'll be 38. 40. <laughs> 40. Fuck you guys and your tandem jokes tonight. They're good. <laughs> They're good. I'd get. I'd applaud and go crazy if there's there's fucking my mom's girlfriends they're in their 50s and they're (sighs) dating after divorces and so why the hell and they would kill to be 37 38 years old so chill the fuck out and put yourself out there Uh, you got to man because life's life's too short to pass up good shit well if you want to date you got to if you're just into celibacy then no i'm into i'm into the evolution of romantic relationships don't, don't you feel like and it the way that you want it to be organic is sort of you making it organic, yeah, so cre- it's not truly organic. <laughs> don't you create your own luck, especially in relationships? <laughs> you just stay home all the time or don't put yourself out there. Nothing happens. That's not true. And what's so great about organic, anyway? What does that even mean? <sighs> spontaneous. Oh, f- it can be spontaneous anywhere. It can be spontaneous online. No, it can't, because yeah, it's sure people can. going online to seek something spontaneous. You might click with somebody really yeah. online. You, might, like, you let AI, you know, filter out the crap. You know, I trust AI. <laughs> yeah. Anytime I'm this vehement about something against it, it typically does flip itself on its head and say, ha, uh, the, the universe yeah. laughs at me and says, you were wrong about this one, Mr. Know-it-all. So maybe Facts. you guys are right. Maybe you guys are right. Yeah, just let me know when you do I don't. Listen to or take our fucking advice and your friend's advice and you you click with somebody at a party and you don't snob off to go into places like that. Yeah, might click with somebody and you're going to come back in a month or two and be like, holy shit, this girl likes the nerdy shit we do. And she's really smart and she appreciates conversations about AI. And <laughs> nah. Well, just just think about it. Just make friends. Don't don't even don't even look at it at uh, seeking out the relationship. Right. Make a friend, and then if it organically yeah, that's flows into oh, a yeah. relationship, I'm all for that. So just, just, but you see, just chat them up, but and make I'm, some friends. But I'm going to be doing that alone. I'm I'll not going to do. Uh, okay. Well, well, you need a wingman. I'll be there. I mean, I'm not going to. I'm not going to hit on girls or anything. Oh, or, sure. So please, Maggie would love to be your wingman. My girl would be your perfect wingman. Women can make. Great. That's true. The best wingman I ever had when I was younger, before I got with Maggie, were actually was a chick. Mm. Because whenever we'd show up to a party or someone like that, and they would assume, oh, that's probably his girlfriend. And then she would say, no, no, that's, that's, that's my best friend. He's awesome. Oh, really? So if this chick is friends with him, he must be awesome. Because she knows he's not a dick. She's a chick. Oh, it's like what we were just talking about. Um, previous, uh, previous relationships. Um, or previous hit list women, like when we were talking they about Mark know, Anthony. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, sometimes it's a matter of friendship. It's like if you see this this girl is really good friends with this guy and he's not trying to get in her pants or vice versa, then something decent's there. Um, feel the same way too. If if there's like a, a girl that's friends with both guys and girls and they're both consistently telling me she's really cool, she's gonna be attractive to me. Gonna be a listener of the show. Ooh. Gonna be a listener of the show. Someone, someone you're into. Someone who knows, okay. who knows all of us based on this show and is like, hey, all three of these guys are really cool. Sasha single. <laughs> <laughs> She's in Norway though, or Finland or Australia. One of uh, our hey, as soon as soon countries. as COVID, as soon as COVID chills out a little bit, 
<laughs> I think European <laughs> travel should, uh, right back on the docket. Try to get the uh, Aaron Rodgers. Uh, what, what, what did well, he I can't say get his hairstyle. Even the, I want the, it. Uh, the, you know, he didn't get the vaccination. He got some homeopathic <laughs> thing, <laughs> right? And then tried to pass it off as being vaccinated, At but not airport? really vaccinated. No, no. I, I get for so the league, right? For the league, right? Oh, so, like, wow. he had a big Halloween party, just came down with COVID. And <laughs> <laughs> Is this true? This week, yeah. He came down with COVID? Yeah, yeah, he's out this week. Oh, wow. Probably next week. Is this where Devontae Adams got it as well? I don't he was Well, Devontae Adams week. had it first. Oh. So maybe Devontae Adams does Halloween party. Who knows? Yeah. But like he, you know, he's not vaccinated and he went through this homeopathic thing. I can't remember how he worded, <laughs> how he worded his. his it's funny because we can laugh about this. Like Aaron Rodgers won't die of COVID. See, we know Aaron Rodgers won't take COVID seriously. And we're laughing about him having COVID. So there's something inside of you that knows like COVID isn't going to impact people that take care of themselves. Well, it doesn't mean he, won't no. have problems, right? No, or, I didn't think that way at all. Or he's he about to it. miss. You he's about to miss two weeks when his team is fighting for, for a playoff spot. Or, well, they could uh, have yeah. the best. That's true. The, the best NFC. record now. They're not. Alan, it's a very good chance. Plus, he's well. Won't first of all, he, maybe not him because he's very a millionaire. Selfish thing to do. Yeah, he's a millionaire, so he could have access to those super drugs that regular working class people don't have who refuse to take the fucking vaccine. But no, when I hear somebody didn't take the vaccine, they had. COVID or they got COVID. Yeah, I'm more worried about them than somebody. You go who didn't. straight to like oh, they're okay. Mm. Like if there's somebody who got the vaccine, they still got COVID. I'm like, oh, that sucks. I'm pretty confident he's gonna be fine. Here's somebody who got fucking COVID, <laughs> and they didn't get the vaccine. I'm like, oh shit. Uh, I hope they're okay. Uh, hope all is well, because I've seen what that shit can do to <laughs> vaccinated. Um. Anyway, I almost made it. Yeah. I, well, here's here's that's sorry, another, my fault. Here's another thing that's gonna happen. You're going to go out with somebody. You're going to click with them. And then they're going to be like, well, are you vaccinated? Yeah, they're going to be pro-vaccination. Yeah. Well, thanks for fucking putting that one out there. Oh, yeah. It was really uh, Let's get it out there. Oh, yeah. It was really us. No, no. Me and Morgan are the ones that really conjured up that eventuality. You you can just use Aaron Rodgers' line. He said he's been immunized. I've been. Yeah. I've been immunized. Bullshit. <laughs> Not vaccinated. Immunized. immunized. Wow. I heard about that. Fucking idiot. Oh, man. That's hilarious. Uh, you know, I, I did. Pass. So I heard. Uh, I'd have know, to think. I had a conversation this past week with uh, someone who doesn't think they should get the shot. And they were like, I don't want to be somebody's guinea pig. <laughs> and this person has smoked for like 30 years. Jeez. And I said, I'm like, okay, you don't want to be somebody's guinea pig, but you're paying the tobacco company sure. on a daily basis to be their guinea pig. Yeah, that's a fun person to have that conversation with. The it's anti-vax. like so the whole I don't want to be a guinea pig doesn't fly with me, Jack. Okay. Well, I don't want to be a guinea pig, Morgan. Well, you've got okay. I, I oh, where's your come up with it? Where's the rebuttal? <laughs> You're already a guinea pig. No, I'm removed from guinea pigness. Really? Yeah, I'm removed from hamster on a wheelness. I'm removed from groundhog dayness. I've detached from that. To the extent that you said you're not going to let Centrum Silver fucking. <laughs> I listened to that part again on our last podcast. You're not and I spit out my freaking with drink. the vitamins part. Yeah, I was like, what? what? Yeah, Miguel. What if the vitamin movement in the late '80s was just some conjuring of capitalism to keep people healthy, fucking obedient hamsters? 
what the hell does me taking calcium in the morning, because I know I'm in my late 40s, have to do with me being a slave to the vitamin industry? It's like taking care of myself makes me a slave to the vitamin industry? No, I don't want my fucking bones to be brittle like my uncle. Says <laughs> the guy who drinks energy drinks left and right. All right. <laughs> left and right? I have a 12-pack of naturally caffeinated energy drinks now. I no longer drink Bang. I have a water in front of me here at this table, whereas in the past I would have an energy drink. I am working on my transgressions. <laughs> Be an energy drink guinea pig is what you were. I mean, I had to be for the sake of science. Wait, what? Who's science? You well, studying yourself? Sure. And studying whether or not energy drinks should exist in 10 years. Moving forward. Much like <sighs> people. Well, I wish people would smoke cigarettes in the 70s had the same mentality. It was like, hey, <coughs> should... <coughs> should <laughs> Should these things be around for our kids? Because if they had some semblance of consciousness, maybe they wouldn't have been. Well, the only difference between that is people weren't coughing in a a vaccine. Well, like the argument of being guinea pig, at least uh, they're getting some sort of physical pleasure out of it, which you don't with the vaccine. That's true. No, you don't. Well, unless you're Morgan and you step on the disc golf course and you say, man, powered up. Did you beat us that day? No, it was Chris. Chris beat us. Yeah, I think he did. <laughs> or no. How out of shape was I? Uh, we need to play more disc golf. Yeah. Uh, well, I made you that damn promise. Two years ago. Pre-COVID, you made us that promise, Miguel. I said yeah, eventually we haven't I would. played a lot. But this year, no, I said I was going to. a lot. But uh, oh, everything changes next week, Morgan. Well, when does, when does, the, to- when does the clock roll back? This we'll week. Be, we'll That's be next week, isn't it? This yes, week. Next yeah, this, oh, hey. Sunday? I got to take all these timestamps. I out. think it's Sunday. All these timestamps. Okay. Because people listen and be like, oh, these guys are so late. And then all of the other topics that we discuss. Oh, it is this weekend. Okay. Yeah, it is this weekend. Sunday. <clears throat> Daylight savings time. What a crock of shit. I'm not going to argue with that. I'd rather just be on daylight savings time all the time. Permanently? Yeah, just move move it out forward and out. I'd rather be on the sun and moon's time and just like see what we could do without the numbers. I attached. like the hour of light at the end of the day versus the beginning of the day. Mm. Say it again. You like the what? The hour of light at the end of the day versus the beginning of the day. Oh, yeah, what a poet. I agree. What a poet he is. That's not a po- I'm not a poet. I'll. <laughs> I am not a poet. <laughs> More could be the first to it, man. I am not. A poet. I don't know, man. Listen back to if you ever listen to some of these episodes, you might I mean, surprise I can, yourself. Kelly might tell you I have a way with words. <laughs> not in the nicest way, though. But um, you know, I use it sparingly so that I don't overexpose myself. Oh man, can I show you the stack of fifty-five poems I've written in the last half month? Oh, damn. I just, I just oh, watched damn. a show. It was a TV show about some guy who, oh no, it was a movie. It's, um, God, what's the name of that movie now? It's, um, it's really right here, Miguel. <laughs> That's a hey, very beautiful handwriting, by the way. Oh, thank, thanks, man. She taught um, me everything I know. It, and it's Adam Driver's in it. It's an Amazon movie. Can't think of the name uh, of it, uh, right uh, off the top of my head, but he plays this bus driver and. New Jersey and and his one of his things is he's writing poetry about very ordinary things like but doing it in a pretty cool way with his poetry Patterson and, yeah it's a good movie 
Um, Never heard of it. I'm going to look it up. I want to check this out. It's a romance, Morgan. I didn't have you pinned for I, this. I'm a sucker for a romance. Give me a rom-com and I'm good. This is a, this Especially is more one of a, with your lookalike in it. Yeah. This one's, this is not, I guess it's a romance, but this is more of a day in or week in the life of type okay. thing. But okay. anyway, I, you know, he writes all his poetry down and ends up losing it. It's mm. part of it. Uh, that but, won't happen to me. I have it all on one so, flash drive. So, you know, you, you need to make copies or put it into your. I was thinking of topic. laminating. Sure. sure. Laminating poetry, kind of. Maybe. I don't know. Anyway, you can let me read that sometime. Oh, some of it. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, it's it's pretty. Nah, you're 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 obviously proud of it, so I'm definitely gonna read it. Sure. I mean, I okay. might publish it. Well, good. I still want to read it before that. Might as well. Might as well. There's no reason one. not to, sir. Yeah. So, wow. Usually, you know, I bring everything full circle towards the end of this episode, uh, or towards the end of our episodes. But uh, I can't do it here. It's kind of been all over the place, and I like it. Yeah. I'm sure it'll stand the test of time like all of our stuff does. <laughs> M82. Three. I've lost track. It's no, it, it's of it. course you lost track. Numbers don't matter. M83. Nah. Not a, that's a big gun. It's also a cherry bomb. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's also M80. M80. a band. Ah, you guys are awesome. Thanks for uh, the therapy here towards the end <laughs> of the episode. I can only hope that I was therapeutic towards the beginning of the episode, Morgan. <laughs> when I came to the bigger world picture out there, not Sasha's love life. Until next time, this is the part where you say peace. Yeah. Later.